All right, what is up, guys? How is it going? Hope you're having a wonderful, wonderful evening, morning, afternoon, wherever we're coming from. We're back for another episode of the Group Up Podcast for the great October debate. Now, I've brought the Avengers back with me. It's been a while since we spoke, fellas. In fact, I don't think we've spoken since Overwatch 2 came out. So here we are. Overwatch 2, I got my squad, Samito, Frito, Flats. Guys, how do we think? I'm going to go to I'm gonna go straight in. Samito, Overwatch 2, it's here. Ah. Uh. It's it's a breath of fresh air for sure. I, I think that despite, you know, a, a tough launch, right, with like backend stuff, which happens, I think everybody can see through that. The game's been perceived as kind of we all said. I think, I think you know, what we've been talking about the last two years and that, hey, look, everybody's going to come back to this game. I don't, I don't think Blizzard expected as many people to come back. Like, everyone loves this game. The question is how long are they going to stay? And I think the core gameplay right now is at a point where people are enjoying it. Like the same IRL friends that, you know, Flats, I'm sure you talk about yours too, like all the time we've been on here and, you know, all my buddies have been grinding the game. They have a higher battle pass level than I do. Um, <laughs> I don't, I don't know. I guess I, I was traveling, unfortunately, that, that first weekend. And then I got sick, so that kind of stunk. But uh, back-to-back -back releases of me getting COVID and then me getting like lung inflammation and throat inflammation or something. We can't, can't catch what, a break, but the game has been is the good. Billboard, what has been the billboard poster that you would say, like, or watch two, the Samito headline? I, I would say the game's good. The game's back. We're back, baby. We're back. We're That's back, what I'd baby. like to say. I like it. We're, I, like, we're I can back. see that on a billboard. I can see that yeah, on a billboard. We're back. We're back, baby. We're ready to roll. So I've been really impressed with the devs, and I think they've done a great job. Flats, what's your billboard read? I mean, I, I would say the same thing. Overwatch is definitely back. Um, you can tell because all the other gaming communities are pissed off at their game now. They're like, look at, that, look at Overwatch. They're doing all the right things. And we're like, holy shit. <laughs> how, how things have changed, you know? Uh, uh, I, have, I have a lot of good to say. Um, I, of course, do have some, some, some like, issues, but they're so much smaller. Like, Overwatch did the impossible, and it fixed the gameplay problem. So the gameplay itself is good and that's what is actually now our strongest piece wild universe we now live in where overwatch's strongest piece is actually the gameplay again which is cool um it good question though is how long people will stay uh, i think as long as they keep putting out consistent good content i know we got teased the halloween events for the 25th um with on twitter and said there's a patch coming there's also uh, torben bastion stuff coming back as well but like they are they're moving and they have a plan and it's consistent and more stuff's coming out that's what we like to see so uh, the hope is it's going to continue for a long time it'd be funny because you know we had sojourn and jungle queen as like advertisers new heroes they just like bashing new hero coming for the halloween event guys called bashing like you want most of you will have not played him before who? But uh, yeah, who? I love it. I, I just actually never heard of it. Yeah, can't even see him in the hero hero gallery, which is really odd. Like I was trying to look at like skins the other day, and I just couldn't couldn't even see him in the hero gallery, which is a little bit crazy. But Frito, what does your headline read? What's your billboard read? Well, going last in this conversation is difficult because uh, all the good points have been taken. But so instead, I'll, I'll try to balance the conversation ever so slightly. The, the so I agree with everything that was just said. I'm really having a great time with the game, grinding it too much actually, finding it hard to like dedicated to make content because i'm looking at the footage and i'm like oh man i want to go try this strategy or do this or work on this or improve in this way which is uh makes me very excited for the game and i hope a lot of players have that feeling i will say though as like a old school blizzard fan it's very difficult for me to adjust to them transitioning into like the Fortnite school of development which is like 
oh, that was super broken. Let's try this crazy thing. And oh, that breaks everything over here. And so having new problems I didn't expect to just crop up was sort of jarring for me. Um, and I think a lot of old players um, for sure. But this is the way that modern uh, live service games work. So we sort of just have to get with the times and, and kind of get over it a little bit. And I think with enough time, as they prove to us with like, okay, we lost two heroes in this uh, couple of weeks, right? Okay, they put them back in, they fix it, they balance tweak it, new content. Oh, this new thing's nice. They got to keep turning each corner as the content plan rolls out. So we've seen the big rush to the release, but it's with that consistency that we'll begin to trust them. Because it's like, okay, you can break some stuff once in a while, but then you got to fix it and then make it better and keep us coming back. And once they do that, I think we'll have a lot of faith uh, from this team. So... I look forward to turning the corner. Yeah, and you're not the only one. That's a really good point for you. Because I, there's a lot of people who are just very upset that this doesn't have the classic Blizzard polish, as we would call it, right? There's a lot of bugs. There's a lot of issues. And a lot of people lamenting, I suppose, the death of the old way and the Blizzard that maybe represented the last, and maybe Overwatch that represented the last great title to kind of stick to those old principles. And now that's dead. So I understand that for a lot of people, that's an upsetting, upsetting moment, an upsetting passing of the guard. Now, I do want to get your thoughts on the gameplay. Quick admin note before we get there is that uh, for those of you who watch this podcast on YouTube, there will now be a separate group up channel uh, on YouTube for exclusively the podcast. So those of you listening on YouTube, this will be the last one uploaded on the main SVB channel. Make sure if you're watching, listening right now, you go follow the link in the video description and probably on screen right now as well. Go subscribe to that channel. So that's where you'll see all the group up news from now on. And on Twitch, there's an exclamation mark command group up to take you there. Now, we did say the gameplay, Said most of you said, in fact, all of you said, the gameplay feels great. And that's obviously something we've bitched about endlessly for years on end on this very podcast. So I want to take it to Flats first. Flats, the gameplay, what has been for you, what's made it so much more fun? And is there any still, is there anything that still sticks out to you as like a sore thumb or are you generally very happy? So the reason it's so much better now um one is because everything's fresh again um 5v5 feels much better than 6v6 the shooting two endless shields shooting two tanks constantly you're now replaced with the one raid boss tank um granted not all the tanks are viable right now um some of the uh, at lower ranks are probably all viable but at high ranks you basically have diva zarya and a little bit of winston until diva comes out and then that goes bye bye um but regardless though it's fun um people are enjoying themselves uh you know the, the gameplay is much faster. The tempo is much faster. There's not like the sitting there and cycling cooldowns until somebody builds an ultimate and then you win the next fight with the ultimate. There's more, there's less of those fights where everyone just hits Q and you insta lose, which always felt terrible because like when people had alt economies going, if you lost first fight, then you lost second fight because they built a support alt, then you lost third fight because they popped three or four of their Qs, and then they took three quarters of the map. You use your Qs to take the fight back. And it's like, well, I already lost three quarters of the game mode. Now I have to hold for five and a half minutes. It's a lot longer of neutral zone fights um, without everybody pressing Q, which is a lot healthier for the game uh, overall, at least in my opinion. And uh, that's what probably makes it more enjoyable um, for as a tank player, as like DPS and support. I'm not sitting there just shooting shields all day long. You're getting that responsiveness of shooting something, uh, even though... A lot of people think that the tank's overpowered. I think it's just Zarya. I actually don't think some of the other tanks are that strong. I actually think they're in a good spot. I don't think they need to be buffed. I think Zarya needs to come down. I think D.Va needs a, needs a small 
little something. She's a little too much. And then once those are back in place, we might have some problems with like, I don't know, like Junker Queen rushing and the shout, but that's a totally different conversation. Regardless, though, I'm having a lot of fun. I think when I don't have to play Zarya every single game, I'll have more fun. But I'm okay right now. It's We're not playing Double Shield anymore. Hey, I'm happy. I lived through that for two and a half years. I am just like, I am battle-hardened at this point. I'll take it. Our expectations were pushed so low. We'll just take it. We'll take it. It has genuinely been amazing, though. And I actually agree with you, Flassable. I think the Zarya is the one that sticks out to me as a sore thumb of the tank line. I think every other tank still feels killable to me, at least. And D.Va, yeah, maybe a little little, little nudge. But like when Zarya is, is there with two bubbles in your front line and... 80 energy or whatever, there's just, there's literally nothing. There's literally nothing. I, I The most received Twitch question I've had in my chat is, SCP, what's the counter to Zarya? And I'm like, dude, I don't know. If if we had one, I would tell you. If we had one, I would tell you. Yeah, go Zarya yourself, basically. I actually um, have one. I actually oh yeah, go on, one. Sam. I've just been locking Echo and just beaming them. And it oh, works because they, ha they have to swap D.Va. So I just force Echo and then like I have like a 70 win rate on Echo just doing that to bad Zarya players. It's free. Sorry, Flats. Well, if only we were all good at Echo like Sam is. Now, Sam, that leads nicely yeah, to washed. your thoughts. You, nah, dude. Nah, dude. We've seen you, dude. You can't lie. We, you live stream your gameplay, dude. You can't hide about about how good you are. So uh, we'll why don't bad. you tell us how you found Overwatch 2? Uh, it's just, it's been fantastic, man. Like, I can't put the game down. Uh, it's It's been a long time since since that happened. Like, if I'm not streaming or, like, coaching, you, I'm probably putting 12 hours into this game every day. So much so that I'm behind on videos because I can't stop playing the freaking game. Like, <laughs> like that's a, it's a good problem to have. I mean, it's crazy how we go from one side of the coin. It's like, God, I, I don't want to put videos out because there's nothing to do. Now, I can't put videos out because I'm enjoying the game too much. Right, and that's that's just kind of kind of on me. But now I I really want to give Stylosa credit for his saying here because he he helped like you know last time on the Group Up podcast he had the best way of saying it. The game is now about playmaking again, like the pot G moments, you know, the pop off moments. He said that that defines what Overwatch, and that's what made Overwatch stand out to be so much just so much more beautiful of a game than any other game that you'll ever play. Like the pop off moments in Overwatch just hit different. They just do. It doesn't matter what hero you're playing, like the five-man shatter or seeing the headshot with the shatter and the kill feed is my new favorite thing. Like, like I watched my DPS get both headshot with the shatter. At the, the same shatter was hilarious. Um, like the Reaper death blossoms. Like those moments are what make someone stick around and play Overwatch. And now you see the game shift away from the passive, like, you know, kind of get inspired as Brig or exist as Double Shield, and, like, you know, you have to just kite this too. Okay, how can I frag out here and win the team? It's back to its core as a shooter game with all the different MOBA elements, and the fact that those pop-off moments are back have just re-cemented Overwatch as just such a beloved game in the industry, and I think it was really the first game in this new modern era of gaming to really open that doorway back in 2016, and I feel like it's it's adapted very well. Uh, to this launch now yeah and it's been crazy seeing like big streamers from other games still playing overwatch like two weeks in i'm still seeing them like, like shroud and shroud yeah, i saw Pokemon. sponsored either yeah, yeah. I saw, these guys are like just legitimately voluntarily playing Overwatch. it was before we couldn't buy them we couldn't we couldn't <laughs> pay them to play overwatch and now we don't need to what a what an absolute turnaround and Frito, I saw you nodding at the Samito statement that he, he can't even get his videos out because he's, he's so much enjoying the game is that some problem you're finding yourself? Yeah, I wish there was 48 hours in a single day so I could play Overwatch for 12 and make content for another 12. And then, uh, But that, yeah, that's how I feel as well, um, especially getting the MMR reset and ranked um, going down. It let me, like, 
grind through a ranking up process, which I think as any player, like uh, that feels the best um, when, when you're going up. I finally, after enough grinding, have peaked down a little bit where I, I hit a replacement and I didn't go to each time. I'm like, oh, okay. All right, so that's where I'm going to stay for a bit and I'm going to have to worry about uh, or, or work on improving to um, reach my SR goals myself. But um, that, that's really fun with the game is that like you feel, even though we might have complaints about the matchmaking or the balance or whatever, I can press tab and be like, and me and Nathan talk about this a lot because we duo often, but some, sometimes with the way the matchmaker works, similar to Valorant, you might need to drop 50 limbs or 60 limbs to win a game, right? I had a Junker Queen game, okay? <laughs> Where I went 66 oh and 6, okay? 66 and 6 was my, my final score. And we almost lost that game. Now, now think about what the matchmaker has to be doing in order for that to be a reality, okay? And, and in some ways, people hate that. They hate, they say like, well, wh why isn't the game even? Why am I not where I'm supposed to be? But on another hand, I kind of like the soft reset nature of, of how we've gotten ranked where it, sometimes you are, and this happens at every tier, it happens worse for you guys that are in top 500, right? Because you get these trash can masters in your games that you have to carry and then it sucks every game. But every um, rank, I think, somewhat has this effect where some games you're the top end ranked player and the game's demanding of you to do that. Now, the beautiful thing in this is you can look at that as an opportunity of like, I'm going to land every ability. I'm going to sync with my team. I'm going to make the shot call that matters that like saves my Ana, gets her off the objective when the retakes come in against the ult and dodge this. And, and that is like so empowering to me as a player. And, and, and because the gameplay is so good, as we've been talking about, um, there's just a lot of ways to do that. Now, as you get higher and higher, it's like, you know, I might say to the 70% of players, you probably can just play Soldier and be fine. But if you're like aspiring to be GM and you don't play Sojourn, don't play Hitscan. <laughs> like, like, like that's just like the rule and it, it, uh, as far as I'm concerned. And the same thing goes for like Zarya. So the meta does get more strict as you go up. But um, because there isn't easy things, easy, there's not really comps that run themselves, as we've said in this game. So because of that, there's, you know, I I also thought Junker Kuhn was like a horrible character. And I just told you, I you know, I've been having great success with her. Um, and I think that's because there's a, a significant ranked solo queue pop-off potential in this game, similar to MOBA games, where there might be champs that are just good in the mix of, of catching someone off guard. Like Junkrat's another example of a character that, uh, I mean, I have a 75% win rate as Junkrat, okay? <laughs> and he's not supposed to be any good at all. Flask keeps telling me how garbage he is. But then I duel Genjis and Masters and and have an easy time, and it's hilarious. And I get these amazing clips for YouTube. So um, anyway, that's just, I guess, my general feelings of the game. I feel like I can express myself. There's challenges for me, and I, there's like a path to improvement, which is all I ever wanted from the game. Yeah, 100%. I think it's been... And I do think for the... I think the reason it's been so popular, the reason we've seen so many new players, I think, what was it that the uh, Player Watch web, uh, Twitter shared? 25 million? 25 million. Twenty-five million new players coming on in, and that's that's nuts. Isn't it like ten that's, days or something like that. Yeah, days, yeah. It's not even the whole month yet. We're not even there no, yet. No, no. So you know that number could keep going. I mean, remember, Overwatch sold about fifty million copies, and we were like, "Damn, that's crazy." To help, I already have twenty-five million new players come in in yeah. ten days. That's. I'm sure the devs are delighted, and they should be because they've done that fantastic job. And I think for the majority of the players. It is like like Frito described. It, it's amazing. You play whatever you want. The meta really doesn't matter. Like everything is viable. Cause I've you know I've heard people come into my game and be like, should I pick Zarya in gold? And I'm like, dude, no, just just pick whatever you want, dude. You want to pick Doomfist? I don't care what like you know he's doing in top 500. Just 
do it in plat, I'm sure you're going to wreck anyways. And so that's been great. But there have been obviously frustrations, particularly at the highest end of the ladder. Uh, a lot of them centering around the matchmaking and obviously the leaderboard, two kind of separate, slightly separate issues. And I found as well, like personally, I've, I've, I'm at Master 3 right now on support and I've, I've started to hit that area where like, A, if if it's a tank diff, you just kind of lose, especially if it's a Zarya. If someone is picking Zarya and it's a tank diff, it's like, okay, well, what do you do now? And also, yeah, sometimes he's really wild, imbalanced matchmaking. So a lot of people have complained that uh, because they can't see everyone's ranks at the moment, that it's very hard to know who's in what rank and what your game is. And it feels all over the place. It feels like we're getting plats in GM games. It feels like these guys should have been way lower. Has that been your experience? Uh, I'm gonna start with Sam. Sam, has that been your experience? Uh, and if so, like, how do you how do you feel about the whole competitive matchmaking at the moment? So hot take. Coming on with the Cheetos to start it off, right? I'm not even Torbjorn. Um, so I've definitely seen some lopsided matches, but I'm not gonna sit here and pretend that the games in Overwatch One weren't also lopsided. Right? Like, I mean, I, the reasons are a little different. Like, sometimes there are games where there's just a tank gap and it's like GG. But it actually doesn't feel as bad as some of those games in Overwatch 1 to me. Because, like, at least what I'm losing, it's because there's a skill gap on the team. Not because they just picked cornball heroes. And, like, you know, and, and you know, a lot of the, like, there were some games where... Like, I could tell. I was like, okay, what lobby did he just put? Like, there was one, like, I was, unfortunately, I, I would have been top 10 on Echo, and I'm not on leaderboard. So I, I was very sad about that. Very bummed. Um, so when I was in those games, like, I, I like, to climb up to that point, there was one time where, because like, I placed Diamond, because I DC'd from five games, immediately straight to GM1 right after. But there was one phase of games where, like, I went down to GM2, uh, not, not sorry, flats. Not like in one seven game set. Like, like I was I gonna say because I yeah, didn't get fault. close to that. I was like, what the yeah. hell? Like, it took me like it took me like two sets of winning like seven straight, and then the system was like, okay, you had like five DCs. Like, okay, like clearly you don't belong in this rank. But there was one time where I D rank where I was like, okay, what? I asked my teammates, I said, what SR is this? Because I farmed as Echo, and you can just like you you can tell. When you're in, like, the top 500 lobbies and when you're in, like, the 3,700 lobbies, like, if you know what you're looking for, you can tell. And I think I went 37-0 and 0 on Echo on Oasis. And I was like, okay, this is just ridiculous. But in a lot of these games, there'll be times where, like, I have a hog player who goes 7-9. and nine, And I'm just like, you know what? This happens, but... Yeah, it's a, and it wasn't unsalted salt before anyone jumps the gun. Okay, he he'd go seven and ten. All right, yeah, all right, all right, all right. But no, honestly, like you know, it's had its issues, but it, it hasn't been abysmal. There's been some games where I'm like, all right, what the hell is going on here? But you know, for the most part, it hasn't felt as oppressive because I think the game design is so good right now that. After two and a half years of double shield, it doesn't feel that bad to me. And don't get me wrong, there's going to be problems. But uh, it's also important for us. And this is where we're, it's so weird that we're at the point on this podcast where I, I have to sit here and say, well, maybe we're the problem, right? Because it's been so many years of like, oh, Blizzard, you got to do this, you got to do this. Is There's no way to make it perfect. And I think it can be better. But for me, it hasn't been a game-ruining experience. It ha it just hasn't been. Because at least now, with, I can express my skill way better on my role to where, like, I have a chance to make up the difference unless it's just the only time where it's been, like, 
okay, I can't do anything. It's like when there's just a massive Zarya gap. And that's that's about it. That's about the only time where I haven't been like, okay, I can drop 60, 70 limbs and win this game. Mr. 666 on the Junker Queen. That's why that lobby was cursed. Frito was destiny. Um, but no, I think it, it definitely has had some issues, but it has not been the worst I've ever seen. I think the other thing to add on top of that is the fact that when, when this was announced how they were going to treat competitive and they said, we're going to do a soft reset, not a not a hard reset. And I, amongst others, was like, dude, nah, 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 it's a new game. We need to have a hard reset. We need to we need to send everyone back to zero. I feel like in many ways the community has forgotten that we did have a reset, that they were begging for a reset. They were very angry that there wasn't a harder reset. And now we've had a soft reset. There is a lot of people in ranks they shouldn't be. There is a lot of people who have to climb up to ranks that they want to be. And yet there's been a little bit of collective amnesia where everyone's like, I don't understand why my games are so bad. Dude, that's how a soft reset works. People are going to be in a in the incorrect rank. They're going to find their way up. Mm -hmm. So there's definitely a bit of that. But mm -hmm. there might also be legitimate grievances as well. Flats, you kind of felt, you said you were, I think earlier you mentioned you were getting egoed by like 3,700 uh, you know, players no, in 3, your lobbies. 3,100 3, players in your lobbies. Okay, so yeah. how's it been for you? Uh... Maybe it's how much tank have you guys played? Because I I feel the same way, but I, the ones that are very lopsided are very lopsided. Like I, I haven't played too much, really but it have been. Yeah. Yeah, I don't check profiles all the time, right? I really don't. The only time I ever check is when I notice that their Ana has twelve thousand healing and ours has three. I'm like, that's quite odd, you know? Because like I take a lot of damage and I've been dying a lot. Like, you know, like something something's not totally right here and. You know, I, I even had a game where we literally were in last fight. They had they had already they made it early. They had no ults. I was like, dude, we just trank in our Winston here. We win the game. I was playing DPS uh, on it. And uh, we just didn't. Our Winston died. Then we popped trank. And then they just started yelling at our Winston. I was like, dude, what are, what am I playing in right now? Like, what's this? What is this ELO? But the same thing has happened to me on tank as well, where it's like, okay, like, you know, like, let's nano in here. We engage him. We just hold W and we kill them. LW, I didn't ever got the nano. I'm like, okay, I got debated, but it's fine. We can still win this. And I turn back and like literally nobody turned the corner. And I'm like, huh, that's odd. Um, so I agree with you. I actually am in the camp that um, the reason people are upset about the, the resets is because, again, of Blizzard communication. It's not because they didn't want it. It's because they just didn't say anything. Like they just said, like, no, we're like, they didn't say it. Like they said, no, we're not giving a reset. No, we're not like, I think they kind of like alluded to like a soft reset in some places, but like other than that, they just didn't say anything. And again, no, no, no communication. Everyone places bronze five myself and some others like, Oh, you guys are just placebo. We like copium, you know, like, Oh, you think like you shouldn't have placed bronze five. Then blizzard comes out and says that there's a bug. And some people got placed bronze five out of a bug. And we're now boosting your way to rank up. doesn't say how you're getting boosted though, how fast it is. Like, like are people still getting boosted up? Like, is that through all of the ranks? Like, are there people that were diamond last season who maybe are a little bit better at the game than someone else that, like, is returning to the game that used to be diamond? But that person who's returning to the game that used to be diamond went to play Apex, and, like, they got really good at, like, shooting an Apex. So, like, they're actually a better player now than when they were then. And so they've accelerated past them, but they're, you know, like, there's just, like, these weird... There's this misunderstanding that, like, nobody knows what the fuck is happening. And I think that's the problem. Because, like, people are saying, like, oh, I have, you know... I have diamond players on my team. Oh, I've had that. I had a game where I was GM three and I had a uh, a diamond five on my team. And I was like, oh, that's interesting, you know? But it's like, what what was their MMR on the back end? Maybe it was like 3,700, maybe it was 3,800. They could have actually like held out in that game. But like, how are we supposed to know these things? So 
uh, I agree with you. I think it is a little bit of like players kind of just like, didn't we want this? And the answer is yes. And I think it's good. Yes. But I think all of this information being like hidden behind the shadows and being like very obscure and no one says anything. And it's like, you kind of have to feel it out. And like, like big streamers are asking each other, like, like I thought, like I heard like summit was trying to ask other people, like, how do you, how does the rank system even work? Uh, as no, like nobody knows how it works. Cause like some games, people think they won seven in a row, but you actually went seven and five. They just don't show your losses and you forgot about your losses. And so your rank didn't move or like, did you actually win seven in a row? Like, problem is, is there's no one's talking about what how it actually works we have rules we had things laid out guidelines like apex says like hey every season you get reset reset one rank and a half boom now you know what's gonna happen but if they don't tell you then nobody knows you know so i'm with you i agree but at the same time i'm actually not mad at people being upset about it because i think they're being deceived in some ways yeah, there's like a lot of mystery, right? And mystery breeds conspiracy. You know, there's a lot of like... Because I've seen one theory floating around is, oh, the reason they, they made it so that you only see it after seven wins is because they're trying to hide how bad their matchmaking is. Like they did this on purpose so they could still put diamond players in your GM lobbies, but then you could just hide it, right? And I think, like you said, Flats, this air of mystery of like, well, firstly, I don't always know what my rank is. I don't know, how cl I don't know if I'm getting closer to ranking up or closer to deranking as I'm playing the game. And then I don't know what's going on in my lobbies, like who is in my lobby. And we'll get to the leaderboards as well in a minute, because I know that's been a real problem amongst the streamers and the high-end players of like, well, where, do, where am I on the leaderboard? But Frito, is, is the mystery part of the plan? Yes, great segue, because that's exactly what was going to be my point, is that I agree with everything that was said here, but at the same time, I appreciate the mystery, because I think the goal of it is stop worrying about it and play the game like like just win the game in front of you despite what the matchmaker is doing so more clarity to some degree is like good so we we know what to expect but also i think it's very intentional to mystify all of it and blur it and say just hit the button again and keep going and let it figure it out now that's hard to have faith in when then it also doesn't work <laughs> so they have to fix it so that it's actually reliable uh, in order for us to put the blindfolds on and, and just look at the game in front of you. Um, easy for me to say, as one of the uh, trash cans that gets pulled up into the higher <laughs> rank game sometimes and play with pros. Um, but uh, from their perspective, it's like, well, why, why do I get this? But the, the, I just feel like in Overwatch, it's always easier to just expect your teammates will never be good. Okay? Never. It's not going to happen. Maybe just because it's a match-made game, people have different play styles, different approaches, different hero pools. It's so random that it's it that that's just like the way the game works. So I'm very happy to hear uh, Samito's optimistic take about the matchmaker because uh, that is the one I'm going to hold anyone accountable to that asked for a full MMR reset when I tried to tell you guys that it would just make bad matchmaking. And now we have a partial one. And the, a lot of these same people are like, man, geez, these, this matchmaker sure is inaccurate. It's like, you wanted it to be less accurate than it is now, right? It would have just been worse for longer if we got a full, which you just commit to whichever thing you want, right? If you say you want that, that's fine. Like, but it means you're going to have to drop, you know, 10 limbs per life in some games in order to win that game. Like, that's just, it's in Valorant the same way, okay? It, it, it ha happens the same thing. Like, you're designated as the player who's going to need to basically not have a mistake the whole game in order for your team to win sometimes. And other times, you're, you're going to get pulled up if you're not like a 5,000 SR player, 
you're going to get pulled up into a game that's too challenging for you. And, and that's the way an ELO system is supposed to work. Like people have this theory that like we're all at a specific SR number and our outputs are always the same. Well, is that even true for OWL players? Like a meta changes or a matchup is different or someone gets resources, someone doesn't. It's like the game's too complicated for that. That doesn't happen. Like the game's mismatched in, in general, right? And um, uh, players that are better at off tanks right now are going to be better at tank than when we have a Winston meta, for example. And to that point, uh, there's been a lot of uh, comments thrown around about Zarya. It's like Zarya is overtuned, in my opinion. But also, the community is underdeveloped at the things that would counter her. Like, if you were good at playing Winston Dive and actually knew how to manipulate the map and take positioning, above it, nobody wants to do any of that. They just want to sort of, like, vaguely hold position and have more abilities. And, and that's what Zarya does. So it's like she can brawl it up and is forgiving. It is easy to play with randoms, and you don't have to think too much or coordinate. Um, and, and so she's got to get nerfed. I think Flats wants to deject. You're right, though. You're right. That is the truth. But D.Va gatekeeps that so it's like remember yes. old goats where instead of playing the counter to goats you just practice goats because you could they would swap like two things and counter your whole comp and then like you'd have to swap all the way back like that type of deal correct that's why zarya i think so good because diva gatekeeps winston right now because yeah but on her. i would say that is true for your rank but everyone yeah. thinks that without yeah. learning winston is my point i, I like, wouldn't i wouldn't jump that gun yet there's some rumors about winston right now I don't know if they're true, but <laughs> Flats, it might be your time to shine. Yeah, right? I, I thought in, in pro play, it was on my original list. Everyone everyone shit on me for it. I said that Zar Winston would be meta in like OWL, like top tier play, because that bubble, that shield is so hard to break. But like for like regular ladder, it's so hard to pull that comp off right now. The carry on, Frito. Uh, yeah, I mean, obviously, what Flats is saying is, is true. It's like, um, and it's it's interesting how we're going to navigate this as a community because Diva's ability to just target Winston is way too easy and good. So it's like that's another problem. Is like if if that's going to be the case, like is that how the game wants to be designed? Where uh, you know I say there's not counters in the game generally, but there's a few, and that's one of them at the moment. So that, I, I'm hoping her ability to just like exist and counter Winston um, goes down a bit. I, I would enjoy that. But I think in general, the game does work like that, where most things, you there's like some leeway in, in the strategy. So that's why, on the whole, I'm happy. Like, they're, that's the type of thing they want to remove. Like, it, like that's where I think people get mixed up in, in how I've described this. It's not the goal of Overwatch 2 that you have D.Va easily counters Winston. They were trying to reduce things like that in the game. And so I hope that they aspire to keep that consistent moving forward because i think most of the game does function that way absolutely and we will we will discuss in a second as well the apparent leaked patch notes of what might be changing uh coming soon and how they want to address particularly some of the tank uh, balance but on the just finishing off the the concept of just the, the matchmaker itself generally like how do you guys feel about the seven wins being hidden and the 20 losses and stuff because i think there's been a lot of upset people about it in in the higher elos but i do think that in the for the majority of the players like the metal ranks i think it's been a, a real boon it's been a real boon for them i can't tell you the number of people who tell me that they are now encouraged to play rank because they don't have to constantly worry about like where their number is going up or down and i do think that the numbers the reason so many more people are playing right now and so many more people are playing comp is partly because for the normal person 
that anxiety is what keeps them way away from the game way more than any gameplay, any like balance concerned. It's that anxiety of like, oh god, I mean, I I placed one time and it was it was gold, but like if I play again, like what if I end up in silver now and like I lose one game every time I do my placements and it starts the number starts going down and I start worrying that I'm gonna be crap, so I'm just never gonna play. I'm gonna play one game and never gonna play again. And I think that being taken away from the player is really great. Although obviously it comes with its downsides. Obviously it comes with the fact that. There's nothing, I don't think there's going to be many more frustrating feelings than winning seven games and then seeing that rank screen where it's like, the numbers, like, you're you're watching your icon and it goes, and it just stays the fucking same and you're like, well, what the fuck was that all for then? What the fuck was the point of these <laughs> so, seven games that I just played? Go ahead, Flats. I'm with you on that. I actually, so, I mean, I, I think last time we, we had a podcast back in September, I was like, oh, this sounds great because, like, it's going to remove the anxiety of people playing, which is awesome. But I always wonder every time I see someone say this sentence... Did you win seven games in a row? Or did you win seven games collective at some yeah, point yeah, in the yeah. last 12, 15, 18 games you played? Because if we're not being truthful that you lost no games during those seven wins, then the numbers, if you went like, say, seven and six or seven and seven or seven and eight, those losses didn't disappear all of a sudden. So it's like, I'm cool with changing the not having the number. I think the number going down or like, you know, like, people freak out, like, the number's going down. Like, like people just, people were losing it. Like, I understand the anxiety behind that, totally. But I also think we're not being totally truthful, like, to the players. of like, yeah, you won seven games, but you also lost eight. And yeah, that's so... definitely, like, a teething issue as well. And also, you gotta think, if a skill division is 100 SR, like, you have to go at least 7-3 to get that, you know, if you're going net 25 per win, right, you need the net 4 gain, right, to go up the skill division, potentially. So even if you went, let's say, 7-5, and you're like, I had a positive win rate, that doesn't necessarily mean you gained enough to go up the skill tier division, right? There you is might boost, have gone... though, too. There is boost. That. There, there, there's boost at the start of the season. If you've played a lot, then they would have uh, fallen short. But, mm -hmm. but yes. Yeah, so there's a, uh, there is yeah, a lot going I'll, on. I'll... Go ahead, Frito. Yeah, uh, I just thought I'd jump in quick um, with my little story, because I actually like it, personally. I like... I, I, I feel as a... Uh, a player who okay so i got reset into plat right that's where i placed and then i grinded and grinded and grinded and i was just constantly ranking up each time boom 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 three sub tiers three sub tiers and then two sub tiers every time and then i finally got where i thought i was in shooting distance of of getting the gm okay i was masters two and i've been going up two skill divisions each time and those games were rough like a lot of really close games um and also as kind of sv was saying i think being the carry of the matchmaker is the hardest to do from support. It's possible, but it's it, it's the hardest, uh, especially if you have a bad tank matchup. Um, a bunch of those games in a row, and I went down one. And I was like, oh. And I had to like, I had to think about it. I had to reflect. I had to be honest with myself. And this is what it's supposed to do. Not everybody does this, but I'd be honest with myself and reflecting like, did I put up a aspiring to be GM performance in these last X amount of games. How many games have I even lost? I don't even remember. It, it, it's like sort of the, what Flats is saying. It's like, I know there's a bunch of close ones and the, and the really close games at Overwatch often feel like a win, right? Because it's like, oh, it, it, we, we just barely could have been one team fight, one ability here or there, and we would have won the game, but you didn't though, right? So um, I, I, I feel this gives me the opportunity rather than to be angry each time I lose to sort of, give a play session sort of its own identity, sort of in the same way that they're giving seasons a personality a bit with the um, new changes, new heroes, et cetera. It's like in that seven game block, 
when you're outside of the boost range and it's just like, okay, now you're stabilizing, are you going to go down one, up one, up two, or whatever? It, it, it forced me to, to like think what I'm going to have to do in order to um, rank up what was my highest role, which was support. And um, I, I think the more we adopt that perspective and the more we can actually have faith in the system working <laughs> once they fix it, uh, that might be a better world than constantly going up and down. But I will say for GM and top 500, that needs to be like super clear because everything I just said now applies to the bottom 99%. And then for the actual leaderboard where, where you look at, that should be like a pecking order as competitive as possible, as transparent as possible. And I'm sure that's uh, probably a, a point Samito wants to make. So I will yield that point to him. So I, another point that I want to make here about, uh, I kind of made this point earlier where it's like, okay, we're, we're, Blizzard's got the point, got, got the game to the point where we have to start taking a step back and evaluating like kind of our takes as competitive players and streamers, right? With this new system, I would never have ever seen my IRL friends play as much competitive as they are right now in any, in my dreams with the old system. For your average casual player, who wants to just get in the game, as Frito said, get and play the game. It can be better, but it actually was a great idea. I, I'm And I'm a big guy on information is important. My my, my buddy Pat and, and my buddy Blake, who's the Rhyme player that, you know, helps the coaches at UK with me, um, they, they've been grinding. And they never would have played comp. But, like, I hear them in Discord every night, like, kind of playing. And, it, like, it, it's about, like, the actual gameplay now. So I think for your average player... Like when when you want to get more serious, I think an easy answer would be just have like a, a more details, like advanced toggleable option to see matches three. I'm not sure how feasible that would be to where like, okay, if you're a player, you don't like seeing that. Well, okay, here's the simple version where, you know, it's, it is what it is now, right? But if you want to see the advanced stats, the advanced details, maybe there's just an option to just toggle it similar to like privating or unprivating a career profile. That could be a really easy answer. Um, you know, I'm really surprised as to, you know, how much this is actually getting your average metal rank person to play. And that's a good thing to see. And again, I've been on the information is essential train, but then again, I'm also somebody who knows how to read that information. And I've heard, I've heard my roommate try to play in gold and start raging at the game. And I'm like, okay, well, there's some things you're right about, but like there's just a couple things that are just, are not like, you know, completely on the money. Um, <laughs> He uninstalled it because of Kirikow the other day, by the way. He went, he, he, he and Pat went 50 and 10 or 60 and 10 and lost the game because their hog was like negative. And he was like, oh, I can't, they're just, they're double immortal. I can't, I can't play the game. I'm like, I'm like, dude, I, it's just one, right? Like sometimes like the important thing in Overwatch is when you get those games, especially in Overwatch 2 with that tank gap, compartmentalize and go next, right? If you want to keep playing, but, but this new system it's all about the gameplay and i've seen like people who never would be able to manage like sitting down and like grinding grind for it and i think that's one of the biggest benefits because this game has to appeal to that audience you have to get people playing the game so i'm not sure how to feel i think the higher up you get i think frito is going right i want to see my information i want to know it like i know how to read it I, i've had to study it for years the more info for me the better but for your average player in the middle ranks i don't know if i can argue that it's a bad thing I really don't. If it gets them to play the game when they wouldn't play the game, you got to tip the hat and say, you know, maybe 
there's something here. I think an easy answer though, just a toggleable option for like an advanced mode or a simple mode, simple mode, because let's be real, your average, your average metal rank player probably doesn't care, but if you do care, you should have the option to really see more and learn more. Well, I was just going to chime in to say that having spoken to devs enough recently, I think when you say easy a solution, I think to them that's like that's I don't know like a year of work or something crazy because that's like a huge UI. Uh, yeah, it's like a huge yeah, true, UI demand. True. So uh, absolutely, absolutely uh, true. And so it's probably not too feasible right now. And I want to I want to give them credit. And by the way, you know, it just it seems like for all the grilling that we've had to do over the years, there's a different energy with this dev team right now. It's different. Something is just different. And I really like it. I really, really like it. Hey guys, SVB here. Just going to quickly interrupt this episode of the Group Up Podcast to say that if you're enjoying this content, then please do consider signing up for my Patreon to support me directly. It's really amazing because it allows me to keep making content like this carefree, regardless of how many views Overwatch does or doesn't get. I know no one likes sellout ads, but chances are if you've listened till this far in, then you're at least somewhat enjoying the content. So please do consider at least leaving a like a subscribe and a comment underneath the video on YouTube. It really does help. But that's it for me. Now back to the discussion. Is the, is there a solution flats that you can kind of see for like the the high? Because that's I mean obviously we always hear from a, a certain a bias subsection, which is streamers are generally very good at the game, so they always kind of speak for that top 100. So you know when we look at or watch social media, there's a lot of complaints about this leaderboard. But do you think there's like a solution that's potentially feasible to to kind of alleviate their concerns? <sighs> I mean, it's tough to say because there's certain things that, uh, to me, make no sense. Like certain things like, why can't I see my own rank and comp? Like on my own side, you know? Mm -hmm. Like was that another part of their process of, oh, we don't want to like, you know, remind people constantly of what their rank is. Even on the screen where you open your career profile, it's so small you have to squint or get close to see what the bottom number is. And at some point, we have to balance what is blindfolding and leading along and, like, let me walk a little on my own here, you know? Because I don't disagree. I think that the system actually isn't the worst. Like, getting people to play all the time, that's a good thing. You know, honestly, like props to you like you you've you've accomplished the impossible however though if we've learned anything about competitive games over the years is that if you let your high level comp die then nobody wants to play it because there's nothing to work towards it's the same reason why we need to bring stacking back because i don't know if anyone's seen recently but there's been a lot of like i've been playing a lot with like emong and seagull and we played with like karku and tim and jay at certain points there was other streamer stacks going the, all the big streamers, like, like I think, like, Timmy's and Shroud and all of them are, are all stacking at night and, like, learning how to play comp um, and, and, like, ranking up together. Like, these are the things. Like, imagine they five stacked all the way up to GM and then they couldn't stack anymore. They'd be like, what? Like, what do you mean? <laughs> like, excuse me? And I think that, you know, right now, everything's, like, it's still new. It's still fresh. It's fine. Like, everyone's willing to look past these things. But in a month or two's time, if they're not fixed and they're not started to give in a little bit more of a attention to it, people are going to get turned off to it. Because right now, nobody cares. Like, dude, I could go play Quick Play for five hours and people wouldn't even care. Like, they wouldn't even complain. What are they going to know the difference? They barely can tell the difference. So that's one end of it. But on the other end, 
if you want your competitive game to to be alive for a long time and to be competitive, then it has to be there has to be some integrity to it. And right now, it's just kind of blindfold and random a little bit. Like there is a way it works, but we aren't being told how it works. And that's the problem. It's the same thing I would think of as like in a tournament, right? Let's say you're having a tournament coming up and the tournament advisors knew that if the if you lost the first map, the team that lost the first map, first map could choose the second one, but you didn't tell everyone the rules that before ahead of time. Well, teams could have prepared before time like, okay, let's get really good at this map first, but on the second one, let's get like, we only practice this one map type because if we lose the first one, we can play this one map we're really strong on. And you can strategize for that. But then like, it's a good thing for to have the losers choose the next map because it gives them a chance. But it's a bad thing because you didn't tell them ahead of time. And that's where I feel like we are right now. It's like, fundamentally, it's a good idea, but we're fucking up the process again. And we're fucking up the communication again. So uh, I don't have a great solution for it, but um, like, for example, whoever's rank one right now, not if you're rank two, you don't even know how many games you have to win to be rank one. Those are things that are not competitive. That's not competitive. It's not. Don't lie to me. It's not. So mm -hmm. we got to figure those out somehow. I don't have a great answer for you, but something's got to change. I think this is a sentiment EVA really like kind of hammered home last time on the podcast, which is that a lot of great things have been done, but not a lot of explicit communication has been done to com to let everyone know what's being done. But Frito, is that like I feel like maybe you you do you agree with with what's what what Plas just said? Yeah, it's interesting. <clears throat> Excuse me to hear Flat say all this because these are my exact words at the launch of Overwatch 1 where everyone <laughs> was bright-eyed and optimistic and I said all of these things, okay? Uh -oh. Everything you just said, I always say, oh, the game integrity matters. Like, what, what's the point of uh, it being a team-based game if you get punished for playing in a team? I've been saying these, you're playing the hits, man. I'm, so I'm jamming along, like listening. But uh, six years later, like I'm more jaded to this, to, to all that. And um, so it's, it's difficult for me to have confidence that we can get it like... We, I lost that war, right? And so I'm the jaded old soldier back from <laughs> battle-hardened. I'm just like, ah, oh, there's a, you know, every effort is fruitless. Just deal with the world as it is. Don't try to be a revolutionary. And Flats is young, uh, trying to to fight the good fight still. Um, granted, we do have a different philosophy. So, and leadership and, and people in different positions now. So maybe the perspective is changing on that. But, um, so yeah, I definitely agree with all that, uh, that stuff. Like I... I'm looking forward to what other things they keep adding to the game in terms of modes and extra depth for the most hardcore players. Like, I think we're all in agreement that what we have now is good for the masses to, like, tap in. But it's, it's I'm just going to flat out say it's unacceptable for your top 500 leaderboard to feel like a less casual than Splatoon or something. Like, that's how it feels. It's sort of like, it, it, you know, it, like you don't really know where you stand and it's all vague and, like, nobody likes that. So it, the people who get there don't want it to look like that. So why why are you handcuffing their ability to understand their pecking order? They they didn't ask for that. Like that's the that's a 99% thing that that you're doing well. Um but then on top of that, you know, I I want them to make this uh Aaron Keller said this is coming. Um tournament mode, something that I would be interested in tapping into. Um that's what I'm looking forward to when it comes to like the team stuff. Um, the little changes here or there, maybe we can pressure them to get like at least three stacking to be okay in GM. Um, but it, it's like, these are just issues that I've, uh, 
I felt I've already died and fought the good fight. <laughs> so like, I just get, I don't like, I just give up on them. And, 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 you know, anyway, along with the many pet issues I have that I have forgotten <laughs> over the years. Yeah. I mean, I feel like this is a, a, a core theme that we've kind of brought up many times over the years is that, well, you know, who is this game for? Right. And, you know, we've, we've all kind of said, we want more people to play it. We all, we all want a huge wave of people coming in, but then you have this competitive mode. Competitive mode has to be competitive. Even I think even Aaron Keller in an interview a while back said, you know, look, we we really want the competitive mode to be the the core of Overwatch 2. Like going forwards, we really want it to be like proper. We want it to to really re-emphasize the importance of it. And then like Frito said, like Flats said, this is just kind of it's something that we can accept right now. I think I think because we understand there's a lot of pressure on the devs. Again, must be reminded it is an early access that it is not the finished product. It's not everything they wanted to put out. But again, I do think that there's a timer on that. And there's only so many people you can piss off so many times before they don't come back, right? And that's kind of what we suffered in Overwatch 1 a lot, where we, we pissed off too many people too many times and then they never touched the game again. And obviously, if this if this rank system works in the same way where people are getting the GM and they're like, well, what was the point of all of that? Because I don't even... i got to wait two weeks before I even find out if I'm top 500. Then there's like there's, there's this top 500 bug we haven't even spoken about where people who should be top 500 aren't top 500. Sam being one of them. And he's I know he's upset about it. So it's like I'm these, these issues... Yeah. GM4. So, by the way. Yeah. What? I'm GM4. I'm like rank 50. Yeah. Well, and this is a weird thing where some people are lower in the tier division, but higher on the ladder than other people. So it's 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 a lot of sub yeah. suboptimal. Suboptimal, uh, right? It's not great. Go I don't want to bust on him for it. I, I was I was I was really upset. I won't lie, dude. Like my last top ten post was a while ago, and I was I earned those wins, dude. I was beaten like I was going on the Nero sugar free stack every game, like Decay on Zarya. I'm like, dude, I'm like, I'm like, I haven't sweat that much since like my contenders days. And like, I'm winning these games and I'm like checking. I just down bad, fellas. But hey, you know, here's the good news though. I do think that I think they'll get to it. I do. But again, it's, 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 it's a bummer, but I, I think that timer is ticking SVB and I think that's a great analogy that you made. But I, what, what would you say? Like, how, what, if you had to ballpark the timer on that, just hypothetically, no, just completely out of left field, what, what would you say? I think we're okay for now because I think that there's a second season coming with a new hero, and I think that right now people are still in the the, the grace new age phase where they're like, I love all the new things that watch too, despite whatever you know, Donkey may say, and then there'll be a new hero come season two. People will be like, oh, I, I still want to tune in. I want to see this this new hero, this new tank person. And I think if that point they're playing for like two weeks after that new release and they're like, oh, well, the old system is sh still shit. And uh, I still don't have any real reason to grind it. I think, and then remember after that, there's going to be a two season gap before the next hero comes out, right? So the next real thing that people are going to look forward to is going to be really big. So I feel like come season two, they should have made at least some significant change, like at the start of season two, as to how this thing works. Because I think you're then starting to really grate on a, a large subsection of people. Frito Flats, you guys have any sort of ballpark yeah, for Sammy? One, one, one thing I definitely wanted to say and, and reemphasize of what you said in this, this maybe is my biggest pet peeve with Overwatch 1 that you brought up, which was the way it felt was that we always got too little, too late. And that was just the nature of the strategy of how they developed that game, where it's like, wow, everything's super fair, but the maintenance of the game always was bottlenecked by the small dev team and just the way they wanted to approach it. So you, you'd get systems that were always half-baked. And that's where I go on my, 
Platts-esque rants in 2016-2017 where I'm like, eh, the, the sky is falling or the, the, the Lorax, right? I was the Lorax. I'm like trying to be like, listen, these are short-term ideas, like looking for group and all these other things. It's like, listen, why would we use looking for group if, it's, if, you, if the matchmaking is so trash, no one would want to do it. There's no benefit to it. And at the time, a lot of the times when I would uh, be critical of, of the devs and the game and the direction they're going, the overwhelming majority of the consensus of the Blizzard hopefuls who, who were enamored with the new game they finally made and remember just like the, the context was totally different. You have no idea what, how much different uh, the atmosphere was. Like criticizing them was the thing you just didn't do, right? Like you're not allowed to do it on, on the internet and also to the dev team themselves. It was seemed as super rude. Um, and, and all that turned out to be true, pretty much. Like, like the vast majority of the things that were decaying and, and the speed at the, which they were approaching it, the things they prioritized, the things they cared about, it was just there was a smug, we know best uh, direction over Overwatch 1, right? And I'm really trying to perceive a change. And, and I just, I'm just trying to punctuate this point and over-elaborate it, because what you're saying is we need to have a problem, and see it be addressed on like a curve as we turn the corner. That's gonna be, I guess, my, my, my you're like what, billboard, okay? Overwatch two. We're turning the corner. We're like we're we're making changes and actually adjusting in time before it's too late. Because Overwatch one, it's like years and years and years waiting for for things and uh, with a smug like, wow, aren't we just so kind for updating it for you? It's like this not not how it's not how the industry works anymore, Blizzard. You can't play by those rules and. They know that now, but the proof will be in the pudding when they actually deliver on uh, fixing these things in a timely manner. Flats? That's pretty much it. Nodders. I mean, Nodders. I, I think that, you know, a month and a half is a pretty fair estimate, you know, a couple weeks into season two. That's when you're really going to start seeing people going, all right, you know, I have a lot more time because Christmas is coming up, breaks are coming up, Thanksgiving comes up. You know, a lot of those times a year, people have time at home with family. What do you do when you play at when you're at home with time with family and you don't want to be at the dinner table because your in-laws over or grandma's over and you're tired of hearing about the same thing a million times. You go play some video games for a while. Oh, shit. The same problems are still with this video game that have been there for a few months now. It's kind of getting annoying. I agree. I, I hope that it changes. Uh, I hope that they've learned their lesson and I hope that they're listening and I hope they make those changes in a timely manner and I hope they're good because I mean a lot of the stuff that they've shown us has been good so there's a lot of reasons to trust because before there was a lot of reasons not to trust because it was the same thing we were told a million times that things would happen they never happened now we've started been told things that are going to happen then they happened and we're like hmm, okay well alright we're, we're in the middle ground now we're not like okay we're not trusting it completely yet but I'll give you the benefit of the doubt. So show us what you got. I hope it's soon. I hope it's fast. I'd love for people to keep enjoying the game and playing the game. Um, I can't scroll through TikTok more than five times without getting an Overwatch TikTok, uh, which, granted, God, those are some cesspools of everyone complaining about Moira and shit. It's hilarious. But point being, I hope to see people are still excited about Overwatch in a month from now, a month and a half from now, season two from now, and are seeing that the game is improving and progressing not going backwards like overwatch one yeah that's a funny point as well because like 
it's a, it's funny seeing the discrepancy of what like the existing community has found frustrating and then what like the new players coming in are finding frustrating where you're right like there's been so much memeing and discourse about like Moira's right clicking and purple orbing and stuff and I'm like I thought we left this but I thought Samino even moved past this with the damage orb thing like I thought we went past this now but like new yeah, players coming in are like what is this bullshit she duels me for free she flies in on the back line she has an orb what is I'm supposed to beat this character so it's, it's quite funny the skill orb discourse has re-emerged but let's speak. So we are talking about the gameplay. Let's speak about this leaked patch. So I'm going to pull it up on screen now. I'm going to read out real quick. And then you guys tell me what you think is the kind of the highlight. So four characters are getting changes uh, according to this leaked patch. So this is apparently leaked to the owl players or some pro level. So this is what's going to happen for the next uh, owl. It always happens, by the way. Yeah, I mean, yeah. A little bitter rant of like, you know, the content creators, we, we kind of do our best to never leak. And then somehow every single time something happens to the pros, it always gets leaked. But anyways, we'll let that go. Clearly, I've let oh, that we go. We want more information, by the way. You never tell your pros anything. <laughs> Wonder why. Yeah, exactly. Um. Anyways, we're biased though. So Sombra, hack ability lockout duration reduced from 1.75 to 1.5. So that's how long before you can start using your abilities again. Hacked enemies are no longer valid targets for hacking for the duration of the effect. So it can't be rehacked. And hacked damage multiplier reduced from 40 to 25%. So remember, Summer receives a 40% buff at the moment to whoever she's damaging, who she's hacked. And that's a lot. And to drop it down to 25 is also a lot. So that's a big change that we will definitely talk about. Now, Genji, again, there's been a lot of talk about this one. Our poor boy Genji, Necros in shambles. Maximum ammo reduced from 30 to 24. Shuriken damage reduced from 29 to 27, which maybe to the normal player sounds like not that much, but those are actually really big numbers. So bear that in mind. Zarya, barrier duration reduced from 2.5 to 2 seconds. So how long her bubble lasts? Uh, uh, unbroken. And then barrier cooldown increased from 10 to 11 seconds. So a little bit longer cooldown. And D.Va, finally, fusion cannon spread increased. So the spread of her weapon is increased, making it you know less effective against Winston heads. And booster damage impact reduced from 25 to 15. So guys, uh, I'm going to take it to Frito first. Frito, what screams to you? from that from those four changes like what's the one that you're like this is this is the biggest one mm, well it's always going to change anytime we talk about balance it's going to be like what tier of player are we talking about i think the the one that looks um the two biggest gaps are sombra's amplified damage and zarya's bubble duration those those two are the most important to me um i think with sombra the question is like should you need focus fire to eliminate a hacked target or not and that's like a question the dev team has to answer and i think putting it at such a low number means the answer is yes because before that she could just like outduel anything because she hacked it and i think that's incredibly bad gameplay because she goes perma and fizz and can hack in and fizz it's just a dumb way to play the game where uh it's, it, you spoke about moira earlier that might be something we, we eventually want to talk about at, at some point. Because, like, in, in, like, average tier uh, rank play, Moira is kind of the same, where she just sort of uh, has abilities that kill you without much effort. And it, it's I feel like I've seen a lot of Moira players boosted because in the metal ranks, you kind of just run at things and your character's hard to hit for them. And so that she just wins. And I, I, I don't know. I'd like to see her get a rework. But uh, to the Zarya point, I think... Um, She's just too forgiving in rank with how long the bubbles last and the, the things that should punish her don't punish her hard enough because of it. So I look forward to, to seeing how that changes things. I'm not as attuned with the highest level of gameplay meta 
recently because I've been playing the game myself too much. Like normally I like watch a lot of streams or watch a lot of pro play. Um, I'll be getting back to that so I can have a more informed opinion, but I'll, I'll yield to the uh, high ranked players in the call to uh, what this will change for the, the higher tiers. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take it to flats for the top like ELO and then I want to take it to Sam because I know Sam has been in touch with like actual like pro play. So flats, how do you feel like this is going to like how do you think it's going to impact ladder at your kind of area? Uh, I mean, Zari, so Zarya's uptime is the problem, right? Like, basically, so I was struggling at first with Zarya because I was just getting dueled by all the contender Zarya players. I'm like, I haven't played this character in three years. What the fuck am I going to do with this? But Elon was like, yeah, like, this is how you play Zarya. You bubble at the beginning of the fight, wait till you have one and a half bubbles and walk in and just don't hold, stop holding W. Bubble once, then if you need to, bubble again, and then your first bubble's actually back online, so you have a third bubble. I'm like, holy shit, that's genius. So you have 2.5 seconds of bubble, the second downtime, then 2.5 seconds of more bubble, then it goes down, then 2.5 more seconds of bubble. So I feel like nine seconds overall with like the little bit of in-between of getting healed up or whatever that you just literally can't die in the middle of a fight. So you have supports that are running for their lives. You have DPS that need to scatter, which is why Sojourn and Genji are really good because they just dip out and they're gone. They're not dealing with your ass. So like her uptime is just so long, you can't punish her. And the amount of Zarya's I've had walk at me, bubble, back away, and they bubble twice, and then it's like, dude, you just can't kill them. It's impossible. Like, how long they sit there doing damage, it's just it's just not feasible. So what I think it does to Zarya, it stops like it stops this playstyle of the raid boss can never die. And you have to be a little bit smarter with your playstyle, get high energy, play a little bit more defensive, still beaming and doing a lot, but you can't just run at people. Like, that's what it is right now. Like, the meta right now is run at people. And then, like, they use their cooldowns to try to stop you. You block them and you kill them. If they change it to two seconds, that window has now not become half a second shorter. It's actually become a second and a half shorter because the 2.5 isn't once, it's twice or three times a fight, maybe four times a fight. So you're removing two seconds of bubble up time. Plus that reverts it to what it was before, which was much easier for players to um, pick up on the last four, five, six years of Zarya play of being able to time bubble. And I think, I think um, Ace of Spades, I think I was watching the stream, said like, oh my God, that's why I can't figure out Zarya. Because he's been trying to shatter Zarya's at the two second mark and it's 2.5 and he didn't realize it was 2.5. So he kept shattering bubbles and not killing them. Um, so I think Zarya will probably really drop out of meta at that point. Still be strong, but drop really far back. And I will drop, I think she'll drop into like a Ryan Zarya type dual um, brawl comp, but It'd be interesting. I think the interesting one is which one will take hold, Diva or Winston? Because that Diva nerf doesn't seem that significant um, because her blasters still do fine damage at close, and that's what does to blow up Winston. Not there, the spread doesn't matter a whole lot up close. The boop damage is pretty big because she's not going to be able to fly at Zen's at Mach ten and then do the melee boop combo with a few left clicks and they just disappear. Oh um so i guess that's actually an inadvertent buff for zen so enjoy that um but i think it probably goes towards winston more at that point i think winston will become a lot better i think ryan becomes a lot better because zarya is just the off tank version of ryan in my opinion they basically are the same character now just one starts with low damage can ramp up high the other one starts with high damage but that's it and like they have to either be shielding or doing damage so it's riskier and there's like a chess match in between there so I think high level uh, on the tank side, we'll probably see more Winston Zarya will probably come down. But DPS, dude, those that dude, those are like like character killing nerfs. I think like for for Genji at least, like 
if that's real, nah, like that, there's no way, right? Like that's 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 way too much. You guys are going crazy. That's overkill. Well, don't you know that with this meta, the reason why Genji's being picked is because Genji's too strong. Clearly, that was true in Overwatch oh, One too. Oh, so yeah, they wouldn't say this meta is all Sojourn. It's it's Genji. Oh man. Well, Sam, what's, <sighs> it, what's it been like in your experience? Because you've been obviously coaching, you've been following the pro level. So, what's, what's really interesting is I I'm, I wonder if Zarya's issue is that she can just double self bubble, like just not not off topic, but kind of on topic here. I wonder if Zarya ever needed to have that change, right? Because I'm not going to entirely write her off yet. Um, but I, I think, at least in terms of Genji, kiss him goodbye, I think. I, I don't think that he... Again, there's there's a big difference, and we've talked about this a lot, it, between a character filling into the meta and a character, like, actually forcing the meta, right? For example, in Overwatch in Overwatch 1, like, everyone would always tell me, like, oh, Hanzo's so broken. Like, I played Hanzo in every meta since Season 1 at a top 500 level. Every Hanzo player's stats in Double Shield was down like 30-40%, but everyone would say Hanzo's broken because he can spam Storm Arrows. Hanzo was played because he filled in the double shield well because he could force the Immortality Field, he could force Orisa Fortify by spamming shields, he could force Sigma Grass. So the big win cons that kept the double shield comp like so strong, Hanzo could force on his own. But if you look at him in this game when it comes to actual duels, he's not very good, right? So, you know, Genji is like, he, he's not forcing the meta. Like, Genji is not the character that is making the meta. He just fits into it well because he can instantly clean up the fight with Dash when your Zarya can just beam through things at any point in time. Um, regardless of that, right? W what direction is this meta going? Um, I, I think one, I think you're probably going to see less Sombra. I don't think it's going to kill the character completely because EMP is obviously super, super strong. Like, you know, she can, like, you know, when you have a win con that's that good... It will never completely put the character at bottom tier. It'll just be harder to get to that point. I think Sojourn's the best DPS in the game, and it's it's not even going to be close, especially if she's not going to get nerfed. Really? It's, I, you're going to see Sojourn pretty much all the time. What I've heard is, let's say and operate under the assumption that this patch is true. We don't know it. No one knows. We don't know. But let's, for this argument's sake, say that's true. Would the pro players have access to that patch? Like, is it live yet? Like, do we know? And if so, what would they be playing? Because if that's the case, like, basically how we would used to do it, okay, well, if the big patch is coming out, we don't have access, well, we just won't play these heroes for now, right? So if they're scrimming on this and at a contender's level or whatever it may be, if the patch isn't actually there and they're under the assumption that, you know, because somehow, some way, my collegiate player got this patch before, like, like I'm, I'm looking through our team Discord about to go into scrims. And this kid's posting the patch. I'm like, buddy, how do you have these? Like, what, what, what is going on here? Like, I haven't, heard, I haven't heard anything about this. I assume these are false, right? But, um, but you know, it, it they wouldn't be able to like, for example, they probably wouldn't be scrimming Zarya at all, even if she was nerfed. So I don't know what direction it's going. That's why I heard a rumor that a lot of people like might just be like practicing Winston or other tanks right now because I don't know if the patch is even out. Like, no, I don't think anybody knows. But let's say that the Zarya nerf comes through. I think Zarya on push would still be very good. It, 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 like, it, it comes down to the fact, can you burst the Winston bubble fast enough to actually burn him with charge to where he wouldn't be played or or the D.Va would Because Zarya kind of gatekeeps D.Va too. If Zarya's really strong, like, it's it's harder to play D.Va into that because, you know, she just beams her and farms. Um, I, I, I personally love Lucio Kiriko. I've been having my team one-trick Lucio Kiriko. And uh, the difference in play with Kitsune Rush and, like, that kind of rush, like, it's almost like Kiriko is, fills this role 
of a hybrid between Moira and Ana, right? Because she doesn't have the big AOE heal that Moira has. She kind of heals a lot like Ana, but her single target healing is really, really good. You just play to build Kitsune, and if you try to fight in Kitsune Rush, good luck. You're done. You're not winning that fight. I don't like you're just you're not. It is BAP window on steroids because it controls way more space, especially on the linear maps, right? So if this patch comes out, I think you actually see the good Reaper guy come back. Because I don't know if y'all yes. seen a Reaper in Kitsune, and especially if Monkey is good. Because like what basically the thing is, if, if Lucio Kiriko's good, the one reason like I think Winston might be good is because if you build the primal, there's nothing that can really stop a good Winston from primaling the backline and getting big kills. So that role for, for the tank is going to be super, super competitive. But if it's BAP, you probably could see a lot of Rhine or like some other stuff like that, Flats, for example. Like, you know, because BAP and Rhine, the BAP Rhine rush, of, you, you saw London running it all year who were very good with it, right? You know, it's maybe some May will come back too. But I think the good news is it's very, very up in the air right now. But if Kiriko ends up being meta, I think it goes Reaper and maybe Zarya wins to Diva. It's, 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 it's up in the air right now, but I don't think anybody really knows. But Reaper, Reaper, Blossom, and Kiriko, just go next Good night. It's over. Good night. Dude, I, I night. ran with uh, Seagull and, and Emong. We have five minute and 35 second or something like that. Uh, I can wall attacked. With uh, yeah. Zarya, Reaper, just TP in, bubble. Just... Bubble TP. That's, that's, that's literally all <laughs> we're doing. <laughs> I'm having my team one trick that I'm saying literally like literally you your reaper just TPs in. This is something you used to see Dallas Fuel do um with Sparkle like in like season 3 or 4 where like he just TP in and you'd bubble him. It's called the alpha TP. You used to do it on East Coast all the time where like you would do, we would get our rank our rank stacks, bring it back Blizzard, don't make the same damn mistake. <laughs> um you just literally the alpha TP, we just TP straight into teams and just rip blossom. And it would work because like they, they're just boosted from goats. Like they wouldn't know what to do. So yeah, I think I, I I'm really I'm really really bullish on on Zarya Reaper and Lucio Kiriko. I think it's it's slept on right now, but I think if this patch is true, you know, obviously Genji's dead. No no chance, no chance, no chance he survives this. No chance, and I can't wait to see that happen because then we'll all be like, did we learn a lesson last time? But we'll see. But yeah, I'm ex I'm excited. I think it'll be a good patch. I think it will be a good meta, and it, it really addresses Sombra, who. I personally think, and this goes way back. I remember Zachary tweeting about this back in the day. I agree with him 100%. You know, Perma Stealth was the dumbest change they could have made to that character because it baits. Not only is it corny at high level play, but it baits low ranked players. I did a somber review to just stay in stealth the whole game, and the whole time you're in stealth, it's it's baiting. You know, this this was a big problem with old school Overwatch design where, and you know, this is something I'd love to talk to the devs about a little bit where. You know, it seemed like a lot of the design characters were very misleading, especially to your average player. Like, for example, Brig, I talk about this all the time. She's a melee character, but you're supposed to play her at range, right? So, like, it's very misleading to player. So, Sombra, like, oh, these normal players come to be like, dude, I'm permanently invis. They can't see me. This is so cool. I'm pinging, but I'm pinging. You're literally down a player. Yeah, they yeah. can't know me, team. How are we losing? It's like, dude, you were stealth for two minutes of that four minute round. Like, you know, I kind of miss the rhythm of that Sombra. <laughs> Um, so I think that's actually something in general Overwatch can work on with, with like hero design. It's like, Hey, you know, let's try to, let's, let's, I mean, Frito, you talk about all the time, the gap in between like how the average community performs compared to the highest level play. And I, a little bit of that is on the game and how it's actually trying to teach its players. I think personally, sorry to go off topic there, but it's kind of like, one no, it's, it's a, it's a really good relevant point actually. Go ahead, Frito. Oh yeah. You, you can go too. Um, yeah, I mean, that's kind of what I was saying about, like, Moira as well. And I, I think to the degree that, like, um, Zarya is too forgiving and has the same kind of effect, it's like, you never want to enable someone. So there's for better and worse. Like, what Sam's talking about with Sombra, it's like, 
that's that's for worse. That's like the character sort of implying you should do a thing you shouldn't do, which is like be out of the fight. You like oh you want to use that to be in the fight, and for some reason it's like it just uh, players lose that. But I think also with the stealth timer that still happened as well, and I think just in general, like any character that is a, a big spacing timing style character like brig is your other example she's another one where it's like rotate in the fight and always be in position somber's the same thing like their mechanics aren't that difficult right mm -hmm. but average players struggle with this and i just don't know how we'll ever get these like cod and apex players up to speed with this like foundational thing about overwatch of playing with your team like i don't know if it will ever happen and i'm not sure like i i agree with the points made that like they should be designed better like i don't want DPS Moira to just boost people out of those ranks where it's like I just vaguely look at something and, and kill it. I don't like that. I don't like uh, Zara being too good. Um, those things. I, I'm very interested in a lot of the points that got made though as well, just in general. Uh, um, although I haven't been watching the, the, the current high-level high, high level gameplay very much, I do listen to a lot of the um, commentators on it. And it seems like um, there's mixed reviews of Kiriko at the moment where um, some teams have some faith in her, but a lot of high-level players think that Kiriko sucks. And, like, I'm I'm like 50-50 on it because there's the... I, I think in ranked, I've seen Kiriko suck. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. be a useless character. Like, worse than Moira, actually. Because as Moira, you can do the free damage thing, at least, and, like, accidentally kill some things. Um, Kiriko is so skill dependent and requires the aggression that Sam's talking about to, to work. And it's, it's so much coordination that like, in my experience, I don't have much faith in her at all. And I just think like, there's so many easier routes to support value. My, my curiosity, uh, my curiosity with it is like, I think the potential was there. Like I had always said this about the character. We've talked about her in the past show, I think. But like I, I felt like the the skill ceiling of the character is so high, you have to imagine someone's going to to master it and get it to work. But if it's if it's too difficult, like uh, yeah, I, I don't know. It's interesting that like you're you're still scrimming Zarya even though it's it's going to be nerfed. Like I I'm curious if uh, as Flats described with the cooldown cycling of the uptime that you lose, I think the the big gap of uh, whether Zarya will still be high level viable or not is like. If that window is so high that you can actually out poker and have a chance to kill her, right? Whereas right now, I think she's just so forgiving with the stats that like she holds the front line forever and also can flexibly like interact with the rest of the game. Whereas a character like Orisa is much more fair in contrast, or Junker Queen. Let's say like Orisa or Junker Queen. Orisa is the really defensive one, and Junker Queen's the really aggressive one. Zarya can kind of choose which type of brawl she wants to go for. She can be like, all right, we're going to outplay ults by bubbling them, or we're going to go in deep. And she can do either. And, and that's what kind of makes her, I think, the, the default easy mode tank. So um, anyway, hero bands. <laughs> Bingo card complete. Bingo card complete. How great is StarCraft 2, by the way? No, yeah, I mean, I, I think there's so many really good points. Actually, so many good directions to go over. I, I like Sam's point of all about counterintuitivity because it's really funny. I I made a guide video last week on like which supports to pick in Overwatch 2. And I talked about Brig and I was like, look, Brig, fantastic hero to anchor. And like actually with her packs, you can actually hit flankers from range with like your flankers. So they can actually win duels. Just like you pack them and they just win a duel. So like she's a great team, she's a great character to just anchor around you, like anchor with your team. And then like one of the most upvoted comments was like, you know, 
I like this video, but I really disagree with what you said about Brig. You know, I've been finding that I just sit with my tank and I frontline with him and I charge in their backline all the time. And that's really successful. Like, I just play with my Reinhardt and I win loads of games and I'm like, oh, dude. I've heard the oh, same dude. thing, dude. I've Denver heard this a lot. <laughs> I'm just like, oh my, this, but this is exactly what you said. Like, it is counterintuitive, right? It's like the character kind of leads you to be like, yeah, well, this is like a mini tank. So you should be right up in there. And I, I wonder if like, yeah, a lot of the, like these discrepancies that we see, like Genji's another character, like, you know, we're talking about like, well, he's dead. But pl for players in the metal ranks, they're just like, Arch they just fucking... so high. You can do so much exactly. on any character. That's the issue. Exactly. It's like the big difference. And this is the big hero design philosophy where like they had to change it like a little while ago. It's that. You know, in the like the difference between low level play and high level play. Like I, I had my tweet yesterday where I like I listed like the the worst heroes in for each category. And I said Sim was like one of the worst, if not the worst DPS in the game. And a lot of people were and Mercy too, a lot of people were upset at that. And I was like, look, like I'm not saying these heroes aren't playable, right? It's just like, you know, in, in your average rank, of course you can get value on it because again, like everyone's misplaying so much that the margin for error is just so high that you can get away with really anything based on your own player skill, right? And that's just something that a lot of people, like, just don't quite... It's not that they don't understand, like, they get it, but, like, there's a little bit of a disconnect in terms of, like, the thought process of, like, when I'm explaining this or, like, you're explaining this right now to what actually is put into practice. It's like, well, no, we're all on the same... Like, I'm not disagreeing with you. We're all on the same page, but, like, we just... It's just not communicated very well. No. And I wonder another, another facet is, I wonder if, like, popularity has anything to play with this, where it's like... Because this is like the second time now that Genji's been buffed. He's been meta for like literally two weeks. And then he gets like this hard hammer blow and, I, and Genji mains his cry. I wonder if it's just a consequence of there being a sheer plethora ocean of waiting Genji mains just lurking in the shadows for that buff. And then they arrive in plat all in one unison. They, they reinstall the game. They come in. They destroy the games in plat with their like, you know, 10,000 hours of Genji gameplay looks like. And then everyone hates it in the metal ranks. And then obviously at the higher tier, we're like, oh, he couldn't even be meta for two weeks without you guys just dumpstering him. Flash, you feel like the popularity here has something to do with this? I mean, it's kind of ridiculous to have your mythic skin in the battle pass, the biggest thing that your season is based around. That character get absolutely dumpstered at that at the three, four week mark. Like, oh, man, dude. I think I think it's like one of those things where it happened a lot in Overwatch 1. Um, where things like characters like Reinhardt became meta and it's like everyone in all, all the tank players like playing Ryan or a lot of them do right a lot of them like the matchup because then you get to play Zarya you get to play D.Va it, it not only enables the tank player to get to play something fun but it got to enable the something fun for the off tank player everyone was happy with it it's very straightforward for everyone else so like when Ryan was strong his pick rate probably went through the roof his win rate went up like everyone started playing it right but it's like they have to understand that there's there's also like like people have their favorite hero biases. There are characters that are more popular than other characters. So like right now, and this is I made a video about this. I have I was I haven't been legitimately mad about something that was put out to that first dev blog like a week and a remember last like week that oh, dev yeah. blog they put out that was just dude I was I was ready to go to war like I was like dude <laughs> you guys just you guys literally just slapped us like. Who the fuck? Like, what the fuck are you on about? They walked it back a little bit. They were like, "Well, like, we're actually going to be making some balance changes at the midway point, you know, all this stuff." But um, the way it was originally written was, "You guys don't know what you're talking about. Zarya is not that strong because Reinhardt has a w high win rate, huh? Like, <laughs> what? Did, have you, then top 500 leaderboard came out. It's nothing but pink hair. It's like, hmm." <laughs> <weird>. <laughs>
Huh. What a, who would have thought that one was going to look like that? And it's like, dude, there's going to be characters that are easier and more fun for the general player base. It happens in every game out there. Like it, it in in it like it's it's so annoying because we balance if you balance around pick rates and win rates for those heroes that are picked, and people pick them more times than not because they just enjoy playing the character. You can't base it around all the gold players like to play Reinhardt, so Reinhardt must be strong. No, that makes no sense. Because if you get to diamond, then you can't play the character anymore. Like if that was theoretically true, every gold player could one trick Reinhardt to diamond, then hit a brick wall. Now what? Now they either start losing and the win rate falls apart or they just play something different and they'll actually win their games. So I think the same thing happens with Genji a little bit, especially these characters that have been around for such a long time and people love them and they have a very high skill cap. I think if Tracer was really strong, you'd see the same thing happen with Tracer. These Tracer players have been playing for a long, long time. Um, But like, God, I, I, I I don't have an answer for you, but it's like, Genji is good, but he's not game-breakingly good. What is game-breakingly good is Nanoblade. Nanoblade mm. wins every fight, no matter what, almost 90% of the time. The only thing that I can stop it right now in Overwatch 2 is grab or beat perfectly timed, in my opinion. Um, and honestly, th- that doesn't always happen either. So... If you want to look at the part of Genji that's actually broken and actually frustrating to play against, I would argue Nanoblade is way more frustrating to play against than his neutral gameplay. It's actually funny because this is a long-time discussion. I, I remember, Sam, I think you were on the podcast with me with Seagull, Seagull. two years ago or something, and, and Seagull was like, dude, I love Genji, but just make it so they can't nano his blade. Just make it so that like he doesn't get the buff on the blade. Because, like, I hate that he's just a blade bot. And I wonder if that's part of this, so like... turn him into it? He'll be back into the same spot yeah, again. Yeah, back Yeah, it's... it's I'm not, you know what? Actually, I, I said I was going to be reformed. I'm going to do Blizzard the favor here and just fuck and tee off on this for one second for all the Genji <laughs> mains out there. Because, look, I said I wasn't going to do this anymore. Because I want other people... To, I was, I'm tired of being the bad guy just trying to do the right thing for this game. True. I, just don't, I don't want it flat to dry. I really appreciate you stepping up because I took a lot of heat on my rep for this, trying to help this shit. And I got... I'm still taking heat for it, okay? It's annoying. It sucks. It, I know. I know. But I'm just going to fight this fight one last time, okay? Blizzard. The most positive, positively received thing about Overwatch 2 that you guys fixed was the fact that you guys made the gameplay fantastic. The neutral fights feel great. They're not oppressive. There are very few awful abilities in there. And I'm somebody who's had to flex to Genji since Season 1, okay? If the big problem with Genji is that the Nanoblade is just a huge win con. You see on the forums all the time. And this is why I, I really respect Seagull for coming out and saying, like, do not dumpster the... One minute and 45 plus seconds of fun that Genji, one of the most unique characters in any FPS game ever, ever to come out. Super hard to play, incredibly enticing. The dragon short is the most viewed animated short in the entirety of Overwatch's lifespan. It got me into the game, got all my friends in the game. Genji is one of the fan favorites of the game. Do not dumpster the one of the hardest heroes to play that has the most counters, that is the most neutral hero in the game don't dumpster his mid fight if his ult is what leads him to win a lot of fights right like and again like i'm not saying genji should be hard meta but if we should if we've learned anything anything 
from Overwatch 1. Remember in dive meta, everyone's like, oh, Genji's so OP, blah, blah, blah. Well, we nerfed Genji, right? He lost his ledge dash. He lost a lot of things. And what heroes continued to dominate post, you know, post the dive nerfs? Tracer. Diva. Even Winston, some metas, I guess. On a nano, right? So I, I really, really hope that, you know, if the, if the win rates and stats say that he's kind of dumpstering people, maybe one of those nerfs, but like, I'd really look at Nanoblade. Like, I would really, really would look at that because I can assure you that all the Genji players, like, they just want to load in the game and not do like P brain damage to people who are out of position, to beams. He's, he is, Genji might be the most counterable hero in the game. Do you all remember the hydration clip where he was on like that? Like, when's the best time to use Dragon Blade? Never. Don't pull that thing. Every the second you pull it out, you're gonna get hit with five, four ultimates, five cooldowns, smacked in the face, knocked from Hanamura all the way to Elios. You know, like, wh whatever it was. But like, you know, uh, please just don't go on the same path, guys. Like you guys have done such a good job recently. Like I'm not saying Genji should be hard meta. I don't think he is. Right? I actually, in a lot of scrims, I'm not seeing that much Genji. I think he gets played quite a bit. I think he's just a pub stompy hero. But just take it light and please don't be scared if he does need a nerf which is possible in 5v5 i'm not saying that you know whatever but please look at that quickly because you got to send a message that you want this game to be shooter oriented high skill high reward heroes should be what's good and the fact that genji's on that list before sojourn is we might be on different pages here and, and i can assure you flat said that there's a lot of there's a lot of pink hair on on the tank leaderboard what, what color, so which color, what, what skin is that with, with, um, with Sojourn? It's like a, a nice little, like, a gray with Sojourn's hair on, mm -hmm. on her default skin. A nice little beautiful snowflakey gray, like, right, you know, like the nice little winter, like, hair rabbit, you know, it just looks good, right? There's not much, there's a little bit of Genji on there, but, you know, I'm just saying. It's concerning that we see Sojourn not get looked at and Genji first on that list. I would, I would not send that message to your community. You got a chance I have here. a theory on that. Go what? ahead. I think the, remember they said before they want every season to have an identity. I think their yeah. identity they want is Sojourn to be super strong in season one. That's mm -hmm. the identity they want because it's the new character. Yeah, true. But like, why is the other one getting dumpstered then? Fan like, I'm favorite. Just... Fan well, favorite. But then Jungle Queen is kind of ass. Well, because Kiriko counters her, who's the newer hero. <laughs> we can go oh, down sorry. this the, the, new the, hero meta. <laughs> the new hero meta. The new hero I mean, Frito, what do you what do you think this all comes down to? Like just Genji. I, I have in a general. lot to say. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah. So I think the cool thing about getting on the show with you guys is I feel like uh, as we discuss upcoming things, uh, ever so often someone has like this like super big brain take, and uh, on a lot of these subjects we we take turns. Who's the one? Who's who's got it? So I'm gonna say I think there isn't a replacement for Genji's place in the game, and when Zarya gets worse, Genji gets better. Actually. So I think he's still the best flanker option overall for like the general game of Overwatch because of the positions you play, the coordination. As soon as Dive starts to get, to get better, he gets better. Um, I actually think like some of his power was in check by there being a Zarya with high charge and bubbles to, to bubble his blade. He's just going to get better in the next patch um, based on the context of the game. Now, um, I could be wrong about the, the damage numbers, but from what I can tell, I don't know if it's going to significantly change a duel. Like, his farm rate will go down. Like, I just can't think of... Because if you can um, triple headshot dash to kill now, but you can't, you no longer can triple headshot melee, it's like, is this a, a big change for me? I, 
I don't know if I think so. Like, the next best flanker probably is Reaper. Um, so maybe that's the case. But then Zarya went down, and th that is, like, required, in my opinion, for Reaper to be good. Like, the, the only viable comp with Reaper, I think, is, is Zarya. So, um, yeah, there, there's a, it's a big map. A lot of big maps, a lot of high ground. And with Tracer being dumpstered, I still think Genji might be the best flanker by default. But um, that either is going to be a, a, a big brain take who's like 3D chessing the game and like seeing these other things go down and then he kind of default goes up or like I'm just like super wrong and if you nerf damage at any point, um, characters get dumpstered. But um, that is my prediction that Genji will still be a, a, a good Overwatch hero. But um, I think a problem now, this going to... Whoa, the next, wait, can we, can we, I, I think Sam wants, Sam wants to interject real quick. So keeps hold that next point, devil, Sam. To devil's advocate myself to that this is important information the dps passive also does change things that also is new in yes. this game so i want to just ch chime in there and just i kind of forgot about that for a second but continue. i meant to mention that as well like he is the mm -hmm. biggest victor in that dps passive because his whole the whole genesis of his playstyle is getting more final blows or eliminations with the swift uh strike so chaining that together is like a big reason I, and obviously that was going to happen when they did that it was like well here's a dps passive for genji it's like here you go like uh it's almost like intentionally that they did that and they're like oh wait not i don't know i think they got to like decide what they want to see out of that um because they had also said that they're willing to change it like they immediately said well here's a crazy dps passive maybe we'll change it next season i don't know and this is just the new world that we're in with overwatch 2 where it's not like a before they were really precious about decisions and like what you know we've brought this up many times but like being able to pick any hero always not single pick six divas that used to be like this is the core design of what overwatch should be able to be uh and and now it's more like well here, here's a wacky passive that we might change in a few months um that's the new world we live in but uh the fastest point about the blog post, and I also think this goes to the big disparity and balancing problem they have with the character like Sojourn, is that for most players, I don't think Sojourn is a problem for you until you're in, like, as I say, let's say, Masters trying to be GM. Like, then you better be playing Sojourn on Hitscan, because she's that good. And I don't know what Blizzard can do, because I think there's a chance... A lot of hit scans can fall into that category, and at one point or other, we're probably going to have Widow, and at one point, we're going to have Ash or whatever if the numbers get tweaked enough. And and hit scan as a concept is just going to be like a super strong thing in the game forever when there's not a lot of tanking in the way. So who can kick click heads better is going to be good. And my assumption is that the reason why they're not balancing Sojourn is that none of their stats dictate that she's a problem for most players, and so. I don't know what they do. Do they balance for only the high end? And and we, we need a consistent philosophy from them rather than me trying to blizzard whisperer it all the time where they're probably right show. in saying that Reinhardt is like a super easy play, a character for players 70% of the skill bracket to play around. They know how to play that. They can kind of work together. They can use a shield. This is something that I've been like thinking about um, in, in content that I haven't had time to finish yet. But like I... A character like D.Va is such a trap for GM players to advise players to play. This is a big mistake that you're telling Golds to play D.Va. What you don't understand what happens then is they play D.Va like it's Reinhardt or Zarya. And they just frontline and they get cooked and feed and it's terrible. And then if, if they try to play D.Va, what I would say correctly, anti-dive, peel, like zip in and out, control high ground, um, coordinate, 
then their team are like, what are you doing, Tifa? Like, like, like frontline, like, like a tank is supposed to. And, and that's the reality. And, and the, the, that's, there's going to be such a big gap here. Like, I just want to remind us all, a lot of the perception of players right now is that Orisa is like some unkillable nightmare pick that is uncounterable, right? This is the belief of most players. So the, the gap in understanding here, and we, we bring it up in so many different ways of like characters that are really strong, but nobody knows how to play. Like I don't, balancing can't fix this problem is what I'm trying to say. It doesn't fix it for anyone because there's always going to be some skill shot hero, I think, that's going to be top meta unless there's some super broken coordination comp that exists. And on the other hand, the bottom 97% or so find certain playstyles easier to interact with until the learning curve of the game like stabilizes. I think like super late Overwatch 1, I was super happy with the community like on average that they knew like how many years did it take for you to hear a random person say the sentence give two ticks, okay? For, for at least for me. I mean yeah. maybe in GM this always happens or something, but like for me it took years for this really basic thing that every pro game had, all of them. This isn't a hard thing that a gold should not understand how it works, right? It's just, it's, it's, it's fast, it's easy. You can put it on a t-shirt, give two ticks, give two ticks. It's, it's so fun to say. And it took years for that to happen. So um, my point is like, there's a lot of basic Overwatch that isn't mainstream in Overwatch 2 yet. Cause we have all these new players that aren't from Overwatch 1. A lot of those difficult Overwatch-specific concepts are still giving people a lot of problems. And I, I don't know how to fix that. I don't know if Balance does it. And, and, and anyway, so I, I'd be fine with Sojourn getting nerfed. I, I don't mind. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I, and I don't even think Genji needs to be nerfed either. Like, like I'm kind of devil's advocating this. Like, like, but Because I just think they're, they're kind of screwed, is my point. Like, they don't have a winning strategy in, in any case. Because the gaps of problems that they're trying to fix with Balance are just too wide. I think in Sojourn's case it, 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 here, the, I think the mo an easy thing to do that's really annoying, especially with one tank, is just her railgun stays up for so long, like eight seconds. Like, like that's original immortality field. So I think it's fine, like if you're in the mid fight, like having to consistently build it up, but like you can just charge it and hold it. Oh, eight seconds. Oh, somebody come on a spot. I can tap them once and reset that eight second timer, right? So like, all you have to do is quickly peek, and you just have a full Widow shot. So you're basically able to play Widow as Sojourn. Like, movement, too. And the having, 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 a, having a movement character of that capacity with a one-tap is just game-breaking. So I, I think an easy start to, to that, because like I'm okay with her keeping her movement. I think that kind of makes her a little bit more unique. But I think tuning down the consistency of the one-tap is an easy change for how easy it is to just maintain like your beam rate. You know, I think just like, hey, maybe after two seconds, like the only way you should get rewarded and have the chance to use that one tap is if you're aggressively playing and being like making moves, not sitting there like a cornball like me on the top of Eichenwald Castle. Toop, tap. Oh, I'm still 100 charge. You better not peek me. I can I can do this game all day. It's like a game of chicken. It's like, oh, you're going to peek? No, you're not because I'm going I'm to shoot you. Oh, he peeked. Oh, my fault. Your Winston and Tank peaked for one second to get charged. I tapped your bubble once. Oh, you and bubble? Charge. Oh. Uh, yeah, thanks for the charge, yeah. Well, I, I do say, I, I, I do like the bubble giving reduced charge, like bubbles and shields, but it's just like that timer for, just needs to be tuned down a little bit. Like two seconds would be till the decay rate, and she'd still be good, I think, so. And and that wouldn't ruin it in low-level play, because at the end of the day, like, they're not hitting their shots anyway, right? So, like, ultimately, Shooting it doesn't change the fact. 
Yeah, they'd just be shooting the tanks either way, so it, it wouldn't dumpster the hero on level play. She'd still have a very, very fair reward curve, but she wouldn't be so oppressive that you're literally playing against Widowmaker at every single choke that you turn on top of the super hypermobile soldier, you know, with yeah. Disruptor. And that and that's a really, I think, yeah, I think those are really good ideas as well. And I really, but I really want to kind of focus on what Frito's brought up now, which is about this like fundamental gap and where that makes it kind of impossible almost to solve this problem. Because I know Flats, you you know, you recently made a tank guide. Congratulations on hitting a million. Well done, my Thank man. You also hit a million. Wow, we're a million club out here. Um, yeah, true. Just pat, patting thought. each other on the back, just like <laughs> mutual appreciation society. Um, gotcha. But. You know this as well. You know this is someone who's kind of reviewed so many players as well. Is this that this this whole mentality of like fight the tanks all day every day, and then find out that Orisa suddenly OP when you pump eight sets of cooldowns into her and she goes, well, I spin and I fortify and you're fucked now. So like, do you think that that's like that makes some sort of fundamental issues like some way to get around it, or is it just like how a game is gonna be when it when we have like a you know a skill curve? This is the perfect argument for why you always balance from the top down. Because if you balance from the middle, you don't. You, it's hard. You don't have consistent data. You have some people that really care and they follow the meta picks. They follow what's strong. They try to play what's best for their teams. And then you have players who just play what they want to play because they are casual gamers. There's a middle ground. The middle ground is, and I've actually had this conversation with with some devs, and you know, I open my eyes to certain things. Like for example. If like let's say Reinhardt, right? Let's say Reinhardt never dies in lower relo, like their experience becomes significantly worse because all they do is shoot at each other the entire time. And that's how you got in old Overwatch. You'd have those people come in chat and be like, "I just did a game on Soldier where I had forty five thousand damage and I lost." And it's like, how the fuck did you do forty five thousand? Like, dude, like you're you're in bronze. Like, you can't even hit the broadside of a barn and you did 45,000 damage? Why? Because both the tanks just stood there AFK. Well, they had Ma Bat Moira at their peaks just pumping heals the entire time. And it's like you're also playing a not burst character. You're playing a damage over time character versus healing over time that's overpowering you. Plus, they have ways to mitigate it. And it's like, how do you beat that? Well, it has to be two things. One, players have to learn over time. How do players learn over time? Well... There's a few things for it. They have to figure out what works, what doesn't work. There's word of mouth, content, stuff. Overwatch League, there's a lot of different ways. But I've always noticed that it seems like the meta of lower ranks, depending on how low you go, it's always by about like two months. It's like whatever is really strong in high level play, it takes about two months for it to get to like diamond or plat. Like, of course, you have a few people that are like, oh, I'm trying to force the high level comp. But it's like the average players didn't start playing, like, you didn't start seeing double shield and silver until like a year in and then then you started seeing double shield and silver not like they knew how to play it but they picked the comp they were like oh this comp wins i wonder why but i will try to make it work um but it's then like they play it awfully and then it's just like yeah, they, get rolled no, by they, yeah, they just stand there they're like oh well, well i lost to the reinhardt how did i lose reinhardt reinhardt bad flats told me reinhardt's bad well yeah the reinhardt's good because he can't miss a swing you can't hit a fucking shot so like <laughs> it doesn't really doesn't really work there but uh, point being, I guess, um, is people come in and they're like, well, I can't beat Arissa. Like, Arissa sucks. And it's like, why do you think Arissa's not played in high-level play? It's like, I don't know. I don't get it. Well, let me show you. Arissa has three abilities. She has Fortify, where she stands there and she's tankier and has 100 extra shield. Zarya can still beam her during that. She has Spinny Spear when she eats projectiles whatnot. I guess when it's not a projectile, Zarya beam. So you just beam her through the spear or through the Spinny Spear. 
Uh, and then she has her javelin, which you can bubble. So here's how it goes. Uh, I get any 80 energy. You don't hurt me. And I kill you. And that's it. And that's it. And it's like, it's that easy. But it's like, they want to play Reinhardt versus Orisa. You know why Reinhardt doesn't feel that good against Orisa? Because Orisa can can spear you back, fortify, sit there, spinny spear away. Like she uses all your cooldowns on your on the other tank, and the other tank is feels like, oh, I just can't kill her. Like what the heck? Like you're not picking the correct things to beat her. And if you do pick the correct things to beat her, you're just smacking your heads against each other because you think that's how you're supposed to play tank. That's not how you play tank. If they use their cooldowns, back the fuck away. Because Orisa's all about her cooldown usage. When she has none left, she dies. That's how she's supposed to work. So you're you're telling me that you have to balance for players that one, don't want to learn about like what is actually good at the moment. Two, they don't want to learn counters. Three, they don't want to pick those counters. And four, they don't actually learn what doesn't work. So that's why you don't balance around the middle. You balance from the top down. Because as long as it's not game-breakingly long times to kill and things actually still die over time... You can't, if you balance from their perspective, they're not using the proper strategies anyways, and at the high level, they'll become broken. So, point being, how do you how do you teach them? There needs to be a better system. Like, Overwatch does a really bad job of teaching you how you're supposed to play the game. Like, my most disliked video ever is me playing the, the tutorial. I'm not joking. It's, like, by far my most disliked video ever because I just memed it. I'm like, oh, I'm learning how to play. I shot four bots and... I put down a healing station, I went out the back, and there's a control thing, and it tells you walk onto the point, and you stand there, and it captures, and you win. And that's it. It's like, what the fuck is that? Like, you know? So, I don't know. The systems there aren't, don't, aren't enough to teach the players. So, to be honest with you, there's, that's a whole different question. Uh, but to balance the game, to answer your original one, has to be top-down, but not break the middle ranks if they don't break their experience they still deserve to have fun but you can't be balancing from the middle you have to balance from the top down period frito how do you feel about what's been yeah it, it again flats is uh me six years ago it's like i think coming from um a lot of hardcore games i had that diehard perspective and spending years trying to teach players on that skill curve i I gained a lot of perspective interacting with them and, and the realities of their experience. And one of them is like, they're never going, there's a, there's a big percentage of players that are never ever going to get more than one or two ranks of where they are. Like they, they that is just going to be their experience forever based on their skill. And no amount of learning certain things is going to be enough, believe it or not. Like a lot of people don't like to say this. They're like, oh, if you just try hard enough, no, 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 no. Some people just like, can't react fast enough or can't move the mouse right or and and yeah they can improve and you can always improve from where you are but there's sort of this like um super copium idea that like everyone can compete and it's just it, yeah that's not how competition works unfortunately sometimes you're, you're going to be less good than whatever percentile of players that are better than you um so with that being the case it's like um it's tricky because the reality is something is always broken at the highest tiers of play. So if that is a given and will always be the case, then balancing for the highest tiers of play is a nonsensical idea because there's always just going to be something else that continuously, uh, and ideally what we want, of course, we'd all agree on this, is like uh, you want to see multiple comps get played across different maps. Like that's like, if we have that, then that's like golden era Overwatch and let's like try to leave it as much like that as possible. So 
that being a goal, I would agree with, um, which I, you know, I might say we don't have now. So some tuning uh, probably could be required, but I'll just throw like a wrench in this argument. It's like, how do the devs make a character that's all about her skill shot fun for this, let's say 70% of the player base who will never be as good as a GM at Sojourn. This is like a impossible problem to solve where we already know they're not even good at the cooldown based characters that are easy to play. Now they need like super aim. It's like the game's just hard, right? And, and the problem with having only top-down balancing with Overwatch is like you then get these incredibly degenerate strategies that, okay, let me just back up a few, a few points. I'm happy with top-down balancing as long as it isn't trying to make all the heroes viable, like Symmetra and Junkrat and Sombra and these other things. And Reaper was one of the best examples for this. As long as we're not trying to force easy characters into the high-tier meta, totally fine. Um, the problem is, is when you make those strong, they're still not competitive at the higher tiers anyway. Uh, and then they dumpster the, the average player who, again, is like, like trying to play Sojourn, right? And can't hit as many headshots as top 1%. Now, if you buff uh, easier characters, why would they never, why would they just not pick them? Like, like, and th this is a reality for a lot of characters where their win rates are in the dumpster because the skill floor of them are is so high that you really should just play something easier. And if you pick something easier, you would just win more. And then that hero gets a, a higher win rate. It's kind of like your Reinhardt example. It's like, um, there's a lot of skillful tanks right now that, either take too much game sense or too much mechanics now. Mechan tanks take a lot of mechanics. And the truth is, like, it's, like, the value of having cover when your enemy has no cover is just a massive chasm of value that every plat and below player just gobbles up because they don't use cover. If they did, they wouldn't be in plat. So if you pick a tank that generates cover for them, the team gap is immeasurable. And this is the D.Va versus Ryan thing that I'm saying. And it... it and, I don't know how to solve it is, is kind of my point. Like we have to pick which problems we're going to have. And, you know, I'd agree we should bias towards top down, but I'm just trying to warn against like, um, you know, I, I sort of feel that Rico is a very bad character for ranked. Like, I don't think you should pick her. Generally speaking, your team is not going to know how to maximize that character. You're going to have a much easier time on other picks. And that's a tricky thing for new skill-based characters. Sojourn, Junker Queen, and Kiriko, all three, require some, like, very specific either knowledge or skill sets. And should we allow the devs to, like, let the seasons have an identity around that character? Or do we demand they be balanced? But then I just said it can't be balanced for everyone because at tiers where you understand how to uh, counter Junker Queen, she's a... Uh, a non-entity. <laughs> and then I just told you that like my Junker Queen stats are ridiculous when, when I'm not getting countered. So what what game do we want or expect to have is kind of my point. It's like there's going to be this boom and bust cycle with the whole game. And and I don't know. I just I feel like a lot of the arguments about Sojourn just remind me about the arguments about every hit scan that's ever existed. And, yeah, you know, I, I don't disagree that she's like the S tier pick when played optimally. It's just that hardly anyone can do that. So what do the devs do? Uh, Sam, I so, feel like you wanted to inject. 
Yeah, so top down, I, this is something that, you know, I, I, I feel like Frito argued all this six years ago. I argued all this three years ago. And now here, now Flats is, Flats, it's your turn, baby. Your turn, buddy. Um, so now, you know, there, the big problem that I have with this argument, I, I, I think it's a, it's a silly argument because what does balancing for metal ranks actually entail? Right? Like, here's my thing. Again, I talk about the margin for error all the time. Like, game balance when the margin for error is all over the place is just not nearly as effective as when the margin for error is so small because that's where you get the max value of the hero, right? I, I don't particularly have a huge issue with, like, Sojourn being, like, hard meta or anything like that or each season having an identity. I'm totally okay with that. The one thing that I am not okay with is <sighs> the fact that you cannot break your skill to reward system. As long as you don't make it so that easy heroes are better than the high-risk, high-reward, high-skill heroes, generally, you know, past that point, everything to me becomes subjective. Okay, like, how am I feeling? Like, you know, as long as you don't break the golden rule, which we, we did with Brig at some points, we did with Double Shield at some points, where, like, you know, you're sitting behind two shields spamming instead of Reinhardt having to choose whether or not he's swinging his hammer, saving shield, positioning, but Sig can just sit there and poke, 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 and Risa can sit there, fortify, poke, 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 and now that's not in the game anymore, and that's great. As long as you don't break that golden rule, I'm kind of fair game, to be honest. I would just like to see some things be tuned, because, like, at least in Sojourn's case, my only gripe is that she's literally three heroes in one, where it's like, okay, let's take a little bit away of the Widowmaker aspect, where she just keeps that railgun for so long, but keep what's super fun, super high skill about her, because the players in low ranks here as well are not saving that railgun charge down the choke. That's not what they're doing, right? They're not, you know, they're, they're shifting into the team and insta-dying, right, you know? So that way you maintain it, and to be, give the devs credit, this is a really tough thing to get right. It is not easy to do, but at the same time, when I hear people say, oh, well, let's balance for the metal ranks, like, well, guys, what does that mean? Can you tell me anything of substance, what that actually means? Nerf and junk answer, rat. Yeah, <laughs> and it's like, it's like, guys, like, this doesn't mean anything, right? Like, you can't go in substance because the margin for error is just so high that, you can get away with anything and there's no effective way to balance. So ultimately with the best thing that you can do as a game studio is just leave it in the hand of your players, maintain that same box, fair skill to reward curve. And what happens happens because you can't, there's no way for you to go into these metal ranks and make it work. There's, it's not possible. It's just, well, and well, actually a couple of times, the only time where you really saw that happen is when they tried to get rid of goats, right? Because they, they put Brig in the game, Goat's meta came, and then we buffed Reaper to 40-50% lifesteal. Did nothing at high-level play, but dumpstered low-level play. Reaper was unkillable, and people were pissed. And I'm like, well, this is what happens. And people try to say, well, well, this is what happens when you try to balance the top. No, this is what happens when you try to balance for the middle because nobody could answer dive, and everyone was complaining about Tracer Genji. Instead of nerfing Tracer Genji Diva, we put Brig in. Force Goats, buff Reaper as the answer, which clearly everyone knew wasn't going to be the answer, but then metal ranks get destroyed. So again, it, it's a very slippery slope. I don't, I don't really like having the conversation too much anymore because I'm like, every time I have it, I'm like, okay, well, what does this actually mean in substance? And we can never answer it because at the end of the day, people don't know how to play the game. It doesn't matter what hero they're playing or how the devs balance it, like cause, cause and effect. The cause here of like, you know, of balancing the game has zero effect on what ends up... Uh, not zero, very, very small effect on what actually happens in these games. So it's just, it's not possible. It's just, it's just fluff.
it's and mm. I love what 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 is that what is that marshmallow stuff that you get that you can it's it's fluff yeah <laughs> sorry I it, it, I had to make one analogy and I love fluff all right I love fluff Sam you, you gave my favorite example the the Reaper example is my favorite one like I, I it's I don't think I would ever say you want to balance for the metal ranks you just don't want to dumpster their their yes that, you know what and, that's yeah. a great way to put it thank you like, like in in you know Flats memed about Junkrat right like. This is what I don't want to see. I don't want an argument being made by anyone that because Junk's not in the top 500 leaderboard that he should be buffed. I'm telling you, That's it's like wrong. he is KMJ hilariously easy of a character. I, what'd you say? KMJ, he's Junkrat man. He's top 10. He's top 10? Oh. He's on one. Yeah. <laughs> well, Pi my, po 62. Pi my, my point is I, I'm happy with top down balancing as long as we're not discussing getting like lower ranked yeah. heroes to force them to be meta because yeah. like everyone can kind of have its play. Every character can kind of have their place. And like, I, I think as someone with a 75% win rate as Junkrat, like clowning <laughs> on the things people are saying are meta, like, like, and I'm getting, keep getting better at them too. I think like, uh, um, investing in, in, I think you like this game's more one trickable than Overwatch one in many ways because mm -hmm. you can learn your your different matchups and and place in the meta as well, which is kind of fun, especially if you have something that like interacts with the the meta fairly well. Like for example, Junk's not bad against uh, Genji at all, um, who's otherwise deemed a, a top level pick. But like I, my fear is that when something is tuned just to apply to the higher tiers and then makes lower tier gameplay unfun. Like, that's the goal. It, like, again, I'm not saying things should perform evenly at, on the skill curve. It should just not be will. unfun gameplay. Well, it, it can be because they buff Sim, for example, <laughs> and she gets played on, like, one map, right? But, like, yeah. I just feel like we haven't seen enough of this gameplay. You gotta, like, see some silver gameplay of Overwatch 1 when they buff Sim, and they're playing Sim Torbon Junker Town, and, and no one can get past it. It is an impenetrable fortress of a defense. Like, you have no idea. Like, it's just not cool, because you just let these characters exist and be stronger, and they should have their place. Like, like it should require a lot of work and the map and all that. As long as we're doing that, then, I'm like, I'm really happy. So, anyway, uh, for the record, I don't think Genji necessarily needs to be nerfed. I think he'll still be decent, and I think they should probably tune Sojourn somehow. I just, mm -hmm. you know, wanted to devil's advocate this, uh... No. The, the no, belief just, that we have that will no, solve no. this problem. I'm just trying to like lower that expectation to like yeah. there'll be another problem possible. next season. It's like oh, we're gonna be it's gonna there's be widow. New, and, uh, I'm sure we're, we're yeah, go dude, ahead. there's not a tank killer. We're fucked. <laughs> like, yeah, he's yeah. gonna break. Like there's the, uh, it's consistent every time a tank characters come out. Just boom, that shit fucking blows it up. And I think I, this is—I think it's really great to bring that context, basically, Frito. Because I think that these kind of things are always important to remember. Because we obviously get in our bubble, and was not what the majority of the players experience. And I kind of, while you're listening to all you guys, I kind of like a semi-epiphany where I was kind of—I was trying to think like, how does this compare to other games? Like, how do, how did they handle this thing? And I think what's unique about Overwatch is that because the heroes are so core, like the hero is unique and the hero is core of the gameplay, right? Again, in a different game, in a in a gun-based game, it's like you can have your 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 favorite gun, but the gun is like consistent as you climb the ranks or whatever. It's kind of like Overwatch is probably one of the few games that sells you a dream, right? It sells you a dream that like you can, if you get better, you're going to climb, right? You just perfect your hero and you can climb. And we say this all and I believe, I truly do believe it. And it's true for the 90% of heroes. But there are like 10% fringe heroes for whom that dream is not a possibility. Like that will, that is not going to happen because if you improve at this hero from, from gold to plat, yeah, you'll climb. From plat to diamond, yeah, you'll climb. But then there's going to be somewhere that there's a wall. 
where just the, the nature of the skill set of the heroes is going to hit the wall. And usually we would categorize this as cheese, right? If we talk about bingo card Starcraft, right? Like it's like you could run your way through the lower ranks, through gold, through, through platinum by cheesing, by doing something that's really lame that has a very obvious counter. And once, that, once people are good enough to know the counter, you're just never going to win or you're going to find it really hard to win. So in normal games, we'd call that cheese or maybe picking like the shotgun weapon in a Valorant or something. Right? It's like, oh, it's kind of lame and cheesy, just lurking around a corner waiting for someone. But when they can one tap you, you just lose. And it's ironic that in a way we're talking about basically certain Overwatch heroes are like the cheese heroes, right? It's like, can we ever realize a world where Symmetra can be like viable at top 100? Probably not, because is there some element of just cheesing with the hero? Like you're just cheesing to, to win with the hero because the minute someone can hit a, a Sojourn Railgun, your character can just, it just does not work out. The only reason it wins is because people don't know how to answer this thing and they're not capable of answering this thing. So I just wonder if there's like certain heroes, and I feel my I feel my boy Reinhardt has, has kind of fallen semi into this category because like again, you ask a plat player, they're like, oh my god, Reinhardt's OP, SCB, like what the fuck is this shit? I'm so tired of constant 90% Reinhardt's in my game, and I'm like, yeah, but when you realize that Zarya lives forever and, and just does like 10 times more damage, then just, it doesn't matter. And I so so yeah, I just wonder if like certain heroes are destined to always lean towards the cheese element where it's like, yeah, I don't 100%. know if we can ever realize this. No, 100%, that's fine. Right, again, like my thing again is just do you cannot break the golden rule. You cannot have low skill heroes that require less output more than the high skill ones. And as long as you don't do that, you have a lot of leeway to work with. But if you break that, you lose your core game, you lose fair play, you lose the desire that you lose the dream at that point. And like again, you, the, the the best point I've ever heard is like you can't have Widowmaker be equally viable in silver and Grandmaster not possible and that's mm -hmm. totally okay that what that's what makes the game fun and you just got to take those are, are we feeling that overwatch 2 has uh broken that rule yeah nope. i don't i don't think they have right? nope has so, not it has oh, nope they've done a great job so far hopefully they keep it up i'm glad we feel that way which although this this started the from the discussion about intuitivity there's one more thing i wanted to bring up uh because i think it fits really nicely is the new game mode push because i feel like that is a is a perfect example of unintuitive design of the mode because mm -hmm. nine out of ten times when you're winning you should stop pushing at some point instead of just running it down on the cart over and over even when you lose two or three players and you're still like keep pushing keep no i know the mode is called push i know the bot is compelling you to push him but there's a lot in fact maybe like a, a large majority of the times where if you've got the lead stop pushing right so flats i know your boy j3 has been arguing that push is worse than 2cv but how do you feel about push? And do you feel like it's like counterintuitive right now? Does like something have to be done to it? Why? Why? Why do you think people, Jay hates it? People just don't haven't learned how to play it yet. That's it. Like I think it'd be fine when people learn how to play a little bit more. I don't know. Uh, maybe that's just a hot take. But do you think they will? Because okay. people never realize two CP, right? People still fucked up two CP years, and that's why they're just dumpster it. Yeah, I I think I'll say like Coliseum was just a fucking terrible map. Like I don't I don't know what y'all were making on that one. Uh, New Queen Street is not as bad. But my my shining light is Esperanza. is a great map. I think that map's a lot of fun. I think that shows why push can work. But the other two would just go back to the drawing board a little bit. This call said needs to go back to the drawing board. That that map feels like you're fighting in the tunnel of the train on Midtown, like it or or whatever the fuck <laughs> it is now. Like it's just like what like what are we doing in here? Like we're literally on a box just. Everyone's shooting each other in this in this box, and it's ass. And it's like, I feel like there could be some really good strategies, you know, like, for example, and I've seen this even in GM. 
like I, I it's like people that aren't like okay maybe they aren't actually gm it could be the matchmaker thing i don't want to talk about that uh but like we'll win a fight but we lost like one or two out of it and it's like okay let's just wait we're already ahead let's just wait till our teammates get back and then we're gonna have really good positioning instead of pushing the bot as far as we can that way realizing that oh shit we just pushed it fucking 2v5 and then you had to run burn all your cooldowns as you're running away to barely survive and then they fucking have been chasing the whole way down and now you don't have your cooldowns because you use them to escape and you get run over and it's like guys like i feel like when we learn how to play push and learn how to hold space and realize hey we don't actually all have to be pushing the bot there's no more gold objective time it doesn't exist anymore like we don't have to fight for that last gold medal anymore so why don't we just play good positioning and i think that'll come with time i think after you see a lot more like high level pro play i think when like you know after like a few more months maybe even a year realizing like there's certain points that you hold like for a good example seagull pointed out to me on hollywood people used and when overwatch first came out people would hold the first high ground on hollywood out the door to the top right like that's the high ground they would hold at first then they realized it was too close to the spawn room and you'd get poked out and it was hard to rotate back. So then they started holding back a little bit closer to point. And there's a lot of maps that are like that over time. People have changed where you hold. And I think even Parisu is starting to see that a little bit. Like everyone holds that first choke really hard. But as it started to go on, like if you're playing like hit scan characters, they actually play towards the second bridge or the high ground above the point now. They don't play the first point. I think push will also adapt that way where you'll understand even on Coliseo, those small rooms at the end of the the long hallway the minis maybe playing around there is a little bit better to wait for your team instead of pushing the bot all the way to their side and like being at a disadvantage i think it's gonna have to be learned over time um i think 2cp we played with for six years we all learned how to play it not everyone played it properly but everyone kind of like learned over time or a lot of players learned over time and it still sucked so We've had six years of this one game mode that sucked ass. We're comparing it to this new game mode that we've only had for realistically a couple months of beta, let's say two, three months, two, three months total, month this month, and then two months of beta time. Like, it's not really fair yet. It's too early. Uh, and I think Esperanza is a great example of it. the game mode can work. It can be fun. So I think it'll be good with time. Frito? I love the subject. Thanks. Um, I think push is undoubtedly a more fun casual mode and more playable because in 2CP, it was so much about regrouping and ult execution as a team at every rank. That, that's sort of the issue. It's like that was the case in plat where they stagger in the whole game. Like that was, <laughs> if, if your team staggers in in 2CP in Overwatch 1, how do you win? It's like the, the gap that you would have to somehow find and the playstyle you'd have to adopt in order to just to get your team to accidentally regroup, basically, and then uh, combo with them and, like, half soft reset. It just was terrible. Like, uh, the amount of games I've seen just auto-lose on Anubis B, like, never getting to point, it, it it's rough. And that's, as someone who really likes seeing it, saw, uh, watching it in the past, uh, at the highest level, there's a lot of cool strategies and things you could do, but I, I'm glad that era of Overwatch is over because people just didn't get it on the whole. Um, but push as a competitive mode is like the opposite. It's like 2CP had all this great higher level complexity and depth, whereas push then, as soon as you get to higher level, gets really dumb, honestly. <laughs> because yeah. the, the, the foundation of the mode is like the angle advantage on these maps is outrageous. Like, like we're describing it and 
you want to soft reset. And the reason is because the positional advantage based on the spawns of where they go is ridiculous. And then on top of that, the comeback mechanic of uh, the bot pushing back quicker, I think, also plays into this a bit where the, the, the places the fights will begin to take and the nature of just having any lead wins you the game. Like, just so many reasons why uh, we have the perfect cacophony of a, the most KG game style we've ever had. And I think this was not necessarily intended by the devs, I think. Like, I, I think when they drew this up, they were envisioning a very flank-happy, like, chaotic game mode, maybe closer to control. Um, but somehow, it, like, because... In, here's a cool thing about control, right? And it's been deemed a weaker competitive game mode in many ways, and I might even go so far to agree on that point. But a cool thing is is like there's a benefit to die on point because you're controlling the thing and um, there's a chance you can clutch and there's a lot of maps like Sanctum's a good map for this, for example. It's like the objective is near, there's a power position on the left, there's a hole next to the point, and at any point you almost feel, in Overwatch 2 especially, it's like someone could pop off and then we could reclaim the map and win the objective. In Overwatch 2 push, it's like there's, once you get the bot on their side, it's... It, the percentage likelihood that you'll ever make a play like that is so low, it's like, just leave. Just just leave and <laughs> soft reset and make them fight into you because why attack when you can defend? And you can just defend the ground you have. They have to push the bot into you. And and I don't know how the game fixes this, honestly. I, I, Avril has put a lot of thought into this on his podcast and uh, being a caster and watching this early, it's like, uh, he pointed this out really quick. It's like, the team with the lead? It boringly camps the lead all the time. And the, the, the percentage chance to win with the lead is super high. Now, luckily, of course, there's... 70% uh, on first cap, I think. Crazy number. Right. And, and that plays into everything I just said. The, re the reasons why is everything I just said. It's like there's not really extra benefit to gain. And I think... I don't know how they fix it without making the mode more complex in some way. Like, I think um, I don't have the answer myself. But an example is like you used to not be able to earn ticks in 2CP, okay? Imagine that. <laughs> Imagine playing against a respawn advantage on Volskaya B, okay? And, and you're fighting and, it off. And, the, the, the... and you would win if you if you had 0% on defense first and they do, they then also got 0%. You would win just because you you went first. You would just get the win. Is that yeah, like, that, that, was that day one? No, that was coin well, There's coin flip on tie. Yeah, there's a coin flip on oh, tie. Oh, the, oh, coin flip. Holy shit. So you would win yeah, if there was a tie. We're, we're push is much better because it's more fun and easily playable. As like a you get to fight the enemy as opposed to thinking like oh we shouldn't have been fighting this whole time. Now that kind of happens in push, but you'll eventually reset and defend anyway. I like um, it's not as punishing as that, but um, we're we're at that era of that mode where it's going to need further minute changes to like somehow slow down all these mechanics we're saying are kind of breaking the higher end competitive complexity of the mode. What about like, you can, it's the only game mode where you have more people on point, it doesn't push it faster. Also mm -hmm. it doesn't heal you, which I think, it also, yeah. I don't get why that's a benefit to the mode at all. An idea what I had were, was like, what, what if, if there if... were two bots with checkpoints? That's a, that's a good idea. Like, I like, have to think you, about you have it. Ticks, but... like the, the part of the problem is that like, it's so hard to like, get the bot to go all the way back and around. Like it's so hard to, well, I don't know. I have to think about it. But... Those overtime fights too. Mm. Sorry. Oh yeah, no, 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 go, go ahead, Flats. You're right. The overtime fights are crazy. 
So I actually have a strat. I, I kind of developed the strat when I was playing with uh, Emong and Seagull because we were three stacking. Um, and on Esperanza, we already had the lead. They were over time. They won the fight. So they're going from our side of the map to their side. We get good spawn. So, you know, like it divulges. Like if you go one of the forward spawns, you could go inside and then it divulges up on the high grounds. Yeah. If you actually go behind them, instead of like beating, going ahead of them and like cutting them off, you go behind them. You'll always get at least two people that turn around to fight you. And the other ones are like, oh, we can't leave the bot. If we leave the bot, the bot's running away. Like we're going to C9. Yeah. And one of two things happens. They leave the bot to fight you or they leave their teammates to get slaughtered. And then you go back and kill the rest of them every time without fail. And it's like, it's so counterintuitive because like you have to then convince everybody, which means that like if anyone was a little bit lagging behind, especially support players, support players are always lagging a little bit behind to like, you know, play for cover. They're looking for like, okay, when's this next fight going to start? Where can I sit? That's more safe. If they're sitting a little further back and you come speeding out of Narnia with your whole team and they're like, oh shit. Like you, you your, your whole team has to turn around and come save you. And if they don't, you're dead. And it's like, there's that trust of like, oh my God, I now must run to my team who's also running with this bot. And it's like this weird dynamic then forms it because the bot, dude, he sprints in overtime. He goes, he goes. He goes. Like, it's tough actually to keep up with him. Like, I've actually had, like, he's actually, like, outrun people and, and C9 them. Like, pretty much. Just because, like, they turned around for a second and he took, like, two more steps and that was it. And it's like, what? You know? So it's like, there's a lot of wonky things there that don't feel totally right. So There's another example, which is kind of weird. Like, like so everything Flash just said, it's like, those plays is what makes me feel like it. it's fun. Because it's like, you can express yourself in the mode in all these different ways. But then it's also counterintuitive and kind of lame. Like, here's another one. Um, in the whole camping the lead thing, you actually, when the time's running out, you're at a benefit to, like, hold the bot always where it's harder for them to touch it. So, in theory, you're supposed to push it to their side, right? But if there's, like, a minute left, just leave that thing, like, uh, Esperanza is the, is, uh, the map we, we like, and I, I agree. But just... Have the high ground, leave it before the checkpoint, and make them come back at it. Or, or in fact, better get if the bot's on your side, depending on where the spawns hit, they got to clear the whole map, and you could just be everything Flash just said, hide around a corner. Like, why do you, you don't have to play the objective at all? You could do all sorts of crazy things of, of uh, taking a fight off the objective away from them because they have to go touch it, right? It's like, it's just so hard to interact with this objective in like a consistent way. And Maybe that comes to, you know, Flats' point of just not understanding the mode. It's like clearing the map is just so important in this mode. And the maps are complicated. And there's a th flank here and a, th a flank there. And it's fun to play because of that. But it also means, like, um, I I just wonder, like, how long it's going to take for people to realize the, that it's a map control mode first. Like, way, way, way more important in almost every team fight. And then in so many cases, the objective, like, I just feel like there shouldn't be a, a scenario where I just described where you don't want to push the objective because then it makes your fight easier. And, and that's the whole mode in a nutshell. But especially in overtime, there's there's ways where like you win the fight, they respawn, and you you should not touch it. So it's harder for them to come touch it, to, to contest. Yeah. And and that's just goofy. And it, winning a game because of that just felt feels lame when you do it to me. Well, I mean, that's the definition of counterintuitive, right? It's like doing the thing the mode asks you to is actually making it harder for you to win, which is just like, well, that's just dumb. This is a dumb, yeah. dumb idea. I was going to say one idea I had, I don't know. I don't know if this is a really dumb idea, but I was like, 
when you retake control of the bot, maybe some like, maybe it, there's like a sim TP type thing should appear and you and the bot should just, the bot should just fucking YOLO to where it was when you were pushing it and you should be able to like YOLO over to it as well. Because I think the biggest frustration is having to cross the entire fucking map to get back yeah. to where you then, and then you have to start pushing slowly. I feel like if we could just YOLO back and forth to where we were, maybe that would be a better solution. Because um, I feel like what the devs have wanted, I, I think this is what they've ideally wanted with like a lot of changes they made in this new mode, is this idea where like maybe people won't six man or five man in Overwatch. If we want to encourage a mode where, because I remember when they were like selling push, they were like fights can take place anywhere on the map, and like you know you can take you, you can take duels anywhere, and it's like. Yeah, but that never happens. There's always one stronger part of the map. There's always one point of the map where there's a high ground. That's where everyone wants to fight. That's where everyone will fight. And no one's ever going to not five-man because if you're five-manning and they're not five-manning, you just win. So I wonder if it's like that's like another core issue of like, will we ever be able to force Overwatch players to not five-man at, at, at optimal level? I don't... I, I think don't a really know. good analogy on this mode discussion is like, I'm sure most people have played either COD or Battlefield in their life at some time. And like the default map control winning strategy for a domination or even conquest is like, for whatever reason, there's always point B is in a death zone. And and once you have it, then you like can't these big sight lines. And I just feel like push has multiple objective styles like that, that are like, all right, once the objective's here, there's a death zone. So it's like, you just want to camp the death zones and hold it. And that just makes a... I don't know. Like you, you would have to somehow incentivize fighting into that with objective progress in some way uh, to in, to make players push into a disadvantaged situation. Whereas in reality, what happens in COD, like at the pro level, for example, is like we're just going to hold angles. But the average player is like, oh, jump on point, and they're dolphin diving on <laughs> to B to get blown up all game. And, and and that's I don't know. Maybe that's just something we're going to have to live with with this mode, to be honest, and uh, get over it. I. They got a new, new mode coming. That, that, that's the cool thing with this game. They're going to keep making modes. So that we don't have to live with this mode for six years like we did with 2CP. So that, that's where I'm a bit optimistic, where I'm like, all right, it's got limitations. It's going to be a little wonky. It's fun, at least. Um, so I'm optimistic that maybe, like, it comes... Uh, are we ever going to see a mode come out of competitive rotation? I, I think we kind of have a lot. If they're making a new one in whatever time period they said is going to come out, like, what, what happens with that if it's intended to be a, a core mode? I, I don't know. I'd probably rather that than map rotation. Uh, uh, that's something to mention as well. I, well, one thing I quickly I wanted to mention was... Yeah, I was just going to quickly mention this before we go to that because that's another interesting top, top point. I was listening to a, uh, like someone talk about a study done into esports and what makes compelling esports. And the basically the, the number one foundational thing that they found is that the, 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 the game should be able to end at any moment. Like something that should happen in the game should that that's what makes it interesting to watch is if at any moment something could happen that could potentially end the game, and I think that's why two CP was interesting at least at a pro level because that that was true. Like at any moment someone could do something that would end the game right there or end the round. But the problem with push is that it's like the complete opposite is true. It's like nothing matters yeah. half the time. Like half the time none of this matters. So I wonder if that's yeah. another like thing at odds. Go ahead, Sam. Do we think we needed to get rid of 2CP? Oh, here we go. Yes. Are you saying it would work in 5v5 better? Because I've heard a lot of people say this. Well, I'm wondering. Like, I, again, I'm not, I don't really feel strongly about this either way. Uh, I will say one of the pros of 2CP is that it allowed play styles, a, a, like a bunker-esque play style in the game, 
that unfortunately became oppressive due to hero design over like the core, like to the point where like it was just like, like you walk, you're walking out on Li Zhang uh, control center and both teams are on double shield and it's like okay, like we failed this, right? You know, but I I'm wondering now if in five v five that could be any different. Um, I don't know, I. I I, I will say though, in, in, in the topic of map pools, I, I I wish maybe it was a little bit bigger, like maybe one or two more maps per person. Because I, I oh, miss. Don't get me started on the map pools. Oh, well, here let, we let's go. Let's get on the there. Out, baby. Oh God, I I will say, I, I, I don't know. I I just opened two cans of worms at once. Yeah, those are two cans of worms. Flats, you, I, feel, I feel like Flats <laughs> wanted to respond to both. Yeah. Flats, I yeah, pick which your, one pick do you want me to go after first? Pick, why don't you go to the two CP thing for? first, and it. then we'll go to map pools because that's a larger discussion. So go go ahead. Like, do you think two CP would have worked in Overwatch two? No, two CP is a ninety percent game mode based around your tanks. Your tanks were the ones that forced their way to point. Were the ones that had to play either certain comps, get through certain chokes. They had a path well. They had to survive. Like, if you had shitty tanks, you never won two CP. Like ever. The only time you won two CP if you had shitty tanks is if you were playing defense first and the other team got demoralized. That's it. Like, if you could spam people out really, really hard, I feel like if you had shitty tanks, you just got... You, you, you're done. You're toast. So, not only that, it's the it's the game mode where also playing tank is one of the most unfun because you're basically just throwing yourself into the enemy team to make make some space and try your best to make a an opportunity happen. Now, if you don't have the correct comps and you don't have the correct things, you won't get through those chokes fast enough. You won't survive long enough. And true, with a gigabuff tank, maybe you could survive longer. But, regardless though, I've already seen more than my fair share of C9s. I don't know what, if you guys have seen this too, but I feel like the rate of C9ing has gone up like a hundredfold. I've never seen so many people step off the point recently, because in old Overwatch, you had one tank hold forward, and then typically either one tank would either, you'd either have both tanks hold forward, or you'd have one tank hold forward and one tank hold point, and like something along those lines. Now the tank has to do both jobs together, either, either hold space or to contest point, and a lot of times, especially in high-level play, the answer is to hold forward. So who touches point? Uh, that's a tough one to say. And I think also in TCP, that'd be even harder question to ask. Because yes, you're supposed to fight all the way to point, but like, what happens when you get there and it's like, they just dropped back long enough that all five of them still alive. And let's say the Temple of Anubis, right? In Temple of Anubis, you can have all five players fall back on defense to one of the corners and just literally one-tap whatever tank you have come on point, 1v5. It's just like one of those game modes that it was all about taking space and holding the space and just surviving the bunker spam. And I don't think that would work very well in in in, in, in 5v5. And plus, it just it wasn't fun. Like, there's no way you had fun as a support player when your tank player played fucking Roadhog and would just walk the point on Temple of Anubis and got, got trapped, spammed, rocked, charged, shattered, slept, naded. And they're screaming like, wow, what the hell? Support, save me. And it's like, dude, you just walked in 1v6. What, what the fuck do you want me to do, dude? Like, there's no way nobody had, anyone had any fun with that. And Wait, like, you're not, you're not a magician. You can't magically save me. Yeah. What? No, I'm, I have a mortality field. I mean, <laughs> I guess that's <laughs> the point being, um, it's also a tilting game mode. Like who throw, who likes throwing themselves in a fight for six and a half minutes. And like, let's say you cap first point easy, right? You cap point, first point, first fight, you have six and a half minutes to attack second, and you get full held for six and a half minutes. At least in push, 
when you get rolled, game's over in three minutes. It's back to spawn, back to the next game. See you later. Writing it off, we go again. 2CP, you are stuck. You are just sitting there, you are fucked. You're like, well, we just, we're just screwed. And I can't tell you how many games I had happen where we fucking rolled them first two points, got up on defense, we hold them for two minutes, and then everyone on the other team, GG, 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 just get me out of this lobby, GG. They're all fighting with each other. You see, like, a fucking diva flying around in their spawn room. Like, it was awful. Like, nobody enjoyed that experience. The fact that we have, like, survivor bias, and we're looking back at this as, like, oh, this was a great thing. No, it wasn't. Nobody did that on King's Row. Nobody does that on Eichenwald. People don't do that on those game modes, but they always did it on 2CP. Why? Because the game mode was fundamentally fucked. I want to add, I, I'm convinced that they've, like, to your C9 point, that they've, like, made it shorter to where you can test I think point. so, too, I, actually. I, I'm convinced that they've, like, reduced that distance. Because I've seen, like, I've seen things where I'm like, surely that guy was touching. Or, like, I felt like I was touching, but it just didn't count. Also, the change that mm -hmm. they did to control, where if you're, like, 99, and then you flip it back and they were, like, 13, you just insta-win or whatever. It's like That's you know, my favorite like, change. You like it? No, that's dog shit. That's an no, awesome I don't like it, dude. No, I don't like it. Absolutely oh, I, I, I didn't get the cap. I was like, okay, Sam. I was like, Sam. Yeah, yeah, yeah what is this hog thing? I was like, dude. I was like, dude, what the fuck, Sam? Like, That's another one that feels really counterintuitive because it feels like you should be able to fight back and you shouldn't be able to trigger overtime. But it's like, nah, they just flip. Like, that's a perfect C9 moment because like, they just if this if armor just runs back caps, it doesn't even trigger overtime. You just lose. So I feel like... I'm not a fan of the, the sort of new like changes to that mm -hmm. regard, but mm -hmm. uh, anything to chime in, Frito Sam, before we head to the discussion about map pools on, on the two CP issue, or are you satisfied, Sam, with that discussion? Yeah, I just want to think about it. A fun thing that I just remembered as well, and uh, with push, like in a losing fight, you can C9 the bot like and advance it. Let's say you're taking a fight way off the bot, like a flanker or something can can C9 it a bit and sort of undo the whole progress of an entire fight. So um, I think it's interesting, the um, objective priority in the game. Like, that's one aspect of Overwatch 2 I kind of like, where it's like, it's not super easy to know who should be on cart at any given point, and it's always a big risk. So there's high reward, like I just said, uh, to potentially um, making a play on the objective. And whereas in Overwatch 1, it was like, literally always just bad. <laughs> like, you only could win the fight. Now, now it's like 70% that. And there's like a small likelihood chance that you can like, um, C9 it, or maybe the uh, a weak character's holding cart, and they're they're a little cocky about it, and then you go fight them and take the objective. So um, I'm kind of neutral on the 99 thing on control because I also don't like stalling on control forever or stall in general. But I think I'm in the That's minority true. in that point. But it, but I think these extra elements of basically like trying to balance who's on the objective at the right time and uh, making a big objective play like a Lucio boop off. Uh, the point so they can't touch and trigger overtime or something like those, that's kind of cool to me anyway that's a lot closing mm -hmm. thoughts on that point I'm going to quickly add because we have Gavin, Gavin Winter here who's a developer real one as well as a real great guy says there are issues with overtime right now we're working on it uh, if you could elaborate on what those issues are if, you, if you're allowed to Gavin that would be great but okay so there are some known issues with how the overtime is working okay so while we wait for Gavin to potentially respond flats map pools <laughs> and this will be our last discussion topics. I know Frida's got to go soonish. If there's something wrong with the maps like Havana, let's say they're not ready yet. Let's say they want to do like a nighttime Havana. If that's how it is, be honest, communicate, be truthful. I don't like this whole, oh, we're not going to have Havana, uh, Rialto, a couple other things. 
uh, just because we want to have some map pools. Like, uh, excuse me? Like, we, we have played all these years these same maps, and now we've taken a few more away, right? Like, like so here's the problem. One, I already feel like I'm getting pushed every other game. That's annoying as shit. Number two is we have all these old maps that, like, we've played on for years. Why all of a sudden we just can't play them anymore when there's nothing wrong with them? Fundamentally, it's just weird. Like, why, why, why are we doing that? Because what it does is it keeps variety. I don't like playing Coliseo four times a day. It's kind of fucking annoying. And, like, it, it's it's... I would like to be able to play a bunch of games and a bunch of maps all day long and like only play the same one twice, maybe max. And I feel like that's not the case right now. I'll play Busan three three times a day or four times a day. We have enough maps that you never have to have that happen ever again for. So why does it keep happening? Well, I hate this guys. And this is why that first, that last blog pissed me off is because it felt like we went back to old blizzard where we're like, we know more than you. And it's like, we, we're doing this map pool thing. This is what you want. Shut the fuck up. That's not what I want. That's not what nobody wants that. Like, it was like the hero pools. Remember we wanted hero bands and we got hero pools? Hero pools was stupid as fuck. We got shows by like a cat or some shit. Like, oh like that's dumb. That's fucking stupid. If you're going to give us something, go all the way. Make it have the players have a chance to control it. Like, if you want to have all the maps in, but you don't think they're all that good, let players ban the maps. Like, let's say there's a voting system where we don't want to play push anymore. We're fucking sick of it. And guess what? You have 10 seconds before the game hits to, to hit X. And it and you got 8 out of 10 players to veto the map. Boom, it vetoes the map and you go to the next one. And it's like kind of like old Call of Duty system. The fact that we don't have a map map skip system. Well, they said it like, was going to be kind of, This is a pet issue of mine. I love this point. Aaron said there'd be some... I'm, 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 am I just blanking out on this? I, saw, I swear on Reddit they said at some point that they were going to add a way to have agency in the map selection at some point. Is this a season two thing? I, I like we haven't there was got an answer on Aaron this. Said about, I remember that conversation in 21 at some point. Um, not sure exactly when though. I swear it was good. in one of the Reddit AMAs. And and, and yeah, yeah, I agree completely. And my, my reason for it is because a lot of people say, well, maybe competitive integrity. Like if you are a one trick on uh, like Symmetra or I want to play Junker Queen myself, for example, um, why should I be able to select the map and 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 just rank up easily on that? My and argument is just make one skip. We, we we but we get those teammates on the bad maps anyway, and the, and that True. makes the play experience worse. So it's like it's not like they play the optimal pick on the map. It's, it's not like they like I had a, a Junker Queen teammate on Gibraltar, and that was a you know we tried. We all picked around the <laughs> Junker Queen. Okay, we tried to commit, and we made that a competitive game. But it's the dive map, okay? It's just been a dive map for six years. And um, my point is, why why does that player have to just randomly get that? And why do I have to randomly get them on my team with no way of, like, voting or or selection or whatever system you want, really? Just anything but random would be nice. Is that really even that uncompetitive? Like, I mean, I think it, I, I agree. I'm actually in the camp that I think it is uncompetitive. But doesn't games like CS, you can just queue one map over and over, and yeah, you could yeah. probably get, like, top rank on just one map, and then, like, if you play another map, you're still top rank, but it's, like, you just suck at it? Like I come like from you... CS, and, and and it's different on depending... A lot of people play Face It, for example, on that game, but there is a map veto system similar to they have in the actual competitive rule set. So if you were serious about your CSGO gameplay, you'd probably play ESCA or Face It, and you would take turns mm -hmm. map, map videoing. The problem with that is a few maps are heavily biased then. Right, and then you and yeah. this is a bit of a tension point with the the devs. It seemed over the years where they're like, 
well, we want all the maps to see playtime because, it, it, but competitively, I that's love, like I a Paris. Great counterpoint, Sam. Yes, well said. Paris is another example where we were like, no, this map sucks because X reason, you know? And it's like, we didn't want to change X reason, so we just took it out. Fine, fair. But like, nobody wanted Rialto to be gone. Like, who wanted, who was like, yeah, fuck Rialto? Rialto. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Who? Like, I, I, even if you don't like it, let's say it's not your favorite map. Were you genuinely like, fuck every other map in the game? Like, Dorado still exists. And you're going to tell me, fuck Rialto? Like, are you serious? Hey, like, fun map. I like I mean, some, I someone's going to pipe up in chat right now. I can play Sil on Dorado, but, and I can triple my entire over all of those buildings, and it works every time. Dorado is okay, awful. They, I'm, I'm staying on that hill. There's one thing I want to add. Uh, uh, Gavin has responded. He says, we do want to trigger over time if someone is touching the point just before control ends. What we're seeing in game now is a bug that's the result of fixing another very old bug. So, okay, the okay. control thing is unintentional, guys. Just FYI. It's not a deliberate okay. decision. Um, no, I also I, wonder... I, I like different well. at one point, but I, you know what? I'm willing to... I'm going to listen. No, it's, it's, it's fine. Yeah. Agreed. What one I was going to say is... Too, yeah, go ahead. You go, Sam. You go, Sam. Yeah. Well, I, I think the devs have earned some leeway, too. I, I think previously, uh, one important note with a lot of this stuff is like... You know, over the last year, obviously, everyone's been waiting, but the, the release has generally been received well, clearly. So I think now, like, especially Blizzard, when it comes flat, you talk about the blog post and stuff like that. I feel like Blizzard's kind of operating under the assumption, which is good, of like, hey, we, this has to be perfect. Like, you know, we like we got everything to prove still. And I love that energy, but also being realistic now, too, about like, because we're, we're, we're ground of, we're like, we're like foot soldiers here, right? You know, like, we're like, we're in the trenches, we're in the game every day, like, we're the, we're the players, you know, like, all that. I, I think the general consensus based on how this has gone is that I think that they have earned themselves a little bit of wiggle room um, compared to previous years. So I think that's a good thing for them. And also sure. two things I want to add is in, this is another way where we're kind of unique to other games. In most games, having a smaller map pool is better for the competitive integrity because the people can practice it more. Right. And obviously this is why in Owl we have a map pool so that people so theor theoretically having a smaller map pool if 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 it actually we know it doesn't work like this, but if it worked more. like this, you could learn the exact strats on the maps. Plus, also remember there's a lot of new players for whom these might genuinely all be new maps. So like yeah, we're bored as shit because we're like I think it's a little dude, small. That's the only I, problem I have. It's a little small. It's a little small, yeah. But I'm just saying that I, these are these are other reasons for why a map pool like theoretically would be the right play. Like normally in a competitive game you wouldn't have that many maps in a pool. It, but go it, ahead, yeah, it's very important. Okay, so. It's much bigger than other games. It feels small to us, but the point ahead, is though, player. is like, yeah, you're learning more that way. But if you had more maps in, it's harder to nail down strategies on those maps, which means that you're probably gonna have more of a map-based meta. Means that because like, oh, okay, like we're playing Gibraltar, we're gonna probably play Winston or Diva here because those are like it's the dive map. That's where it's always mm -hmm. better. However, though, if Zarya is like really, really strong, let's say Zarya like right now is super strong. Someone might try to play Zarya on Gibraltar, but it's much harder to because you haven't had enough time to practice it and develop these strategies. So you end up defaulting back to the old, uh, it's a dive map. Let's play the dive map style. But the Zarya play style is still strong enough that it could still work, you know? So it's like there's enough variety there so that we're not like locking into some small niche meta. Well, the, the, counterpoint, it won't work on every map. the counterpoint would be, well, Zarya is so meta, I just want to get better. So I'll just one trick Zarya every single map I play. And I don't have, I haven't played Winston because the Gibraltar map only comes around once so often. So I don't have the time to really hone the Winston gameplay. I may as well just one trick Zarya and get real good. Yeah, the key word is agency there, isn't it? Like it, mm -hmm. beyond the pool itself, it's just like because you can do what you just said. Like what, what becomes ranked meta is just like what's good, what's like vaguely good enough on most maps. Where in 
hours ago, I mentioned a lot of players either don't know how to play Winston, like you just said, or don't know how to play with him and what you're even supposed to target. It's like they end up targeting the Zarya half the game. And it's like, yeah, if you play Winston and target Zarya, you're like, you just lost. So just, you know, pick Zarya and, and mirror it. And I think that's the default that gets, uh, uh, occurs. Uh, whereas if there was some agency, I think like you would see more specialized understanding in the community, like on the whole, because if, if, you know, Oh, I'll try Gibraltar today. Uh, this is how it would happen in CSGO, right? With the I select the map thing. It's like, you want to try a new map? Well, do you know all your smoke lineups on that map? No? Well, you just got screwed. <laughs> it's like, you're going to play against players that know uh, all these spots that you don't know. And and when Valorant came out, they they tried to uh, diminish the learning curve of maps a lot by making the agents very like intuitive with their abilities. But a similar thing happens in Overwatch where, you know, if you're not a dive player, you're not going to want to select a dive map because like you're going to play against dive specialists because they will consistently run that on on the map rather than the sort of like flattening and the vagueness of the meta in my opinion anyway like that's how what I've observed in other games where if you are allowed agency on maps then you will see specialists rise on those maps and actually optimize the maps as opposed to optimizing the, the easiest strategy that you can play with randoms reliably which I is just what we usually get in Overwatch I feel Mm-hmm. Anything more to add, Sam or Flats, before we get to concluding thoughts? I know Friedel has to go soon. Sam looks like he might be dying. Might I think Sam is, yeah. Sam, but... you good? I'm good, yeah. It's just, it's just yeah, the steroids did not do the trick, so. <laughs> okay, so, I mean, we, I mean, there's so much to discuss always, and I'm sure we could go longer, but obviously, I'm conscious of you guys' time. Obviously, the one thing we haven't mentioned is that the Halloween event is coming soon. Uh, so just with an ear to that, concluding thoughts kind of what are you looking forward to for the rest of the season and kind of what do you want to see in let's say the next you know so we've, we've been told that maybe there's going to be some some minor changes coming so what do you want to see for like maybe the rest of the foreseeable season uh, i'm gonna let you guys you know? go and i'll just say my thesis for today turn mm -hmm. the corner that's what i want to say I'm looking forward to turning the corner i'm sure there's gonna be a lot of cool skins uh and i hope the balance like just sort of smooths out the gameplay like the subtle balance patch I'm hoping that sort of makes the the map-based meta return a little bit more. That's that that would be like my dream for Overwatch when we can get to that. I don't think we're at that at the moment, and that's the goal for the game for me always. So I look forward to that, and I'll catch you guys next time. Thanks for having me on the show. Got to get going. Thanks, Frito. Later. Peace, hey, Frito. Man. Go ahead. Okay, so this is gonna overlay is gonna chop up for a sec, and now Samito is Frito, but uh, carry on, oh, Frito, uh, Frito, Frito, aka Sam. Uh, what do you think? Just looking forward to the to that rest of the season. I'd like I'm excited for a new event. Hopefully, not the same Junkenstein for the seventh year. I mean, listen, we get we grind for rank one every year in that mode, but hopefully it's new and hopefully things are good. So, I mean, look, I'm just happy we're back in the race, man. You know, I think that we're seeing so much good stuff from the dev team right now that you know you just over the last couple of years you just didn't really see. It's a different energy. It's a different demeanor. It's a different like it's like these guys like are. You know, these, they give off the vibes of the go-getters that we've been really wanting to see. And I think that when you have people like that at the helm, you got to give it a year or two, right? But when you, you turn the corner, as Frito said, and get, get the game back into a good spot, and then once you get back to that spot where you'd like it to be, you know, this is where you start to turn the corner and be that top-level industry competitor that we know this game deserves to have because the gameplay is clearly there. Look at how well this is. I have my buddy from kindergarten, my first friend I ever had back in kindergarten, text me oh. like, hey, man, like, can we hop on Overwatch? So shout out to Will Sparks. Did you ever see this? But, you know, um, you know it's that that's kind of where the game's at. And I, I see people coming together 
and, and, and playing and grinding that just never would have given at the time of day. And it makes me very, very, very happy. And I'm just hoping to see that content continue to come out the same way they're doing it right now and just slowly build up over time as the game gets the respect and credit that it definitely has deserved for its lifespan. So we'll see what happens when it turns this corner. And man, I might, next, I might have a cane out here next time, man. I'm just... I'm. <laughs> We're getting we're getting old over here, boys. Jeez, Louise, oh, God. We're, right, we're mellowing. We're truly becoming old men. We're mellowing. We're, we're yelling yeah. less. Flats. Well, for now. <laughs> I kind of I kind of wish we talked about this earlier now, but I'm actually like I I have I have really high hopes for the Halloween event, but I also think I also have this really, and I hope I'm wrong. I have this bad feeling. <laughs> I think it's going to be the first time people are actually going to realize what the prices of the shop look like. Um, oh, cause you yeah. haven't had to worry about it with the battle pass. Like nobody, nothing in the shop's been really that interesting, but, uh, if they drop that, witch Kitiko skin and she looks great and it's 30 bucks and people are going to be mad. Uh, I think that's probably gonna be the first taste of people getting the pricing on it. Uh, I think that's probably my, uh, my big, uh, Oh, to watch out for. Mm. Um, but other than that though, I'm happy to at least be getting another mid season event. Like, Remember we talked about this like back in like June was like, dude, we need to have seasons. We need to have seasons of Overwatch, but then we have micro events. Like I'm tired of waiting for fucking holidays for shit to happen. And like now we're here and it's like we have season one. Season one is all the content, but then we have the micro event of Halloween. It's like, yes, I don't have to wait for Halloween for fucking content now. Like mm -hmm. content's here and then Halloween's extra. And like, that's so good. And I hope that, you know, the, the, the the new game mode and stuff maybe it'll be like you know i hope that we get to like see like what like the ai looks like maybe it's like the first time like mm. it almost feels pve like because i don't know if you've got to test it but um there's actually a new ai mode in the custom games called uh like aimbot and basically you can play like against versus ais and they all have aimbots and it's hilarious and uh i t i tried it with um when we did our play test stuff forever ago i did it with four or five other gms and we kind of like we kind of dumped on them but like they were getting kills like they were getting trades every fight and it was like whoa like this this kind of legit so i think it'll be fun i'm excited for it i uh I'm, I'm happy to see where we are and i hope we keep growing and i hope we stay on top yeah man it's it's a whole new world it's crazy it's just crazy to, it's surreal in many ways to be here after years of kind of talking of all these things that we wanted then we get them and we're like yo what the fuck it, it's real narnia exists um and yeah hey, listen <laughs> I know, man. And I, I so we'll we'll be we'll be back next week to discuss this for the great Kiriko debate. So we, if some of you may have noted that we didn't really discuss too much of the new hero Kiriko, because uh, we're gonna be here next week with ML Seven, uh, resident Kiriko main himself. So the usual gang will join me with with ML, and we're gonna we're gonna have a chat about Kiriko. By that point, the Halloween event will be out, so we'll find we'll know flats what what's going on. We'll know whether we have aimbot. Junkenstein monsters to deal with or what's going on. I do also look forward. I, I think everyone is so excited for some glimpse of what the PvE offers and yeah, I think it would be really, really awesome to see it. So I'm looking forward to that next event. I hope we don't have, we, we're not dominated by discussions of the pricing on the uh, on the cosmetics, but this is another area where we're just going to have to get used to it, I guess, as old Overwatch players is, uh, this is the this is the new world. It might be some $20 Kiriko skins to fork Wait, out That's on. the worst problem we have. I'll take it. True. That's, like, I'll take it. I'll take that any day of the week, dude. Any day of the week. Any day of true. the week. True. True, true, true. And on that great note, and we're going to call it here, guys. Thank you to Frito, who's not here anymore, but thank you to always, as always, Salmon Flats. Amazing. 
my buddies, I can always count on these guys to turn up, talk with me for ages, and we just keep going. We we go <laughs> down these rabbit holes, but it's always a good time with you guys. So thank you for joining me, guys. Uh, yeah, anything to add? Uh, All right. Good. Well, oh. Flats and Sam are All both right. streaming right now. So if they're continuing, please go show them some love. I'll be continuing here in a sec as well. But thank you, guys. Peace out from my end.